This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach Jacobs. is the Negro League Podcast. Go by the name of Preach Jacobs. Um, doing kind of like an introduction. It's, it's been a minute, and, and I'm sorry, but you're going to have an extra long fucking podcast today. <laughs> um, it's supposed to be two weeks put into one week. Uh, it's been really, 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 really tied up. And uh, been in the studio, been working, been out of town. And, you know, I've been going through some emotional shit. Like, you know, you got to give yourself that quote-unquote self-care and part of the self-care is kind of like not doing shit online and stuff like that. But it really doesn't help when all the shit that I need to do to be good is online. Whether it's like doing a show or or even to a certain extent doing the podcast kind of helps me emotionally when I feel sad and depressed and all that good stuff. It's like I've been kind of open about depression on this podcast before. And if we're talking about depression being the lack of serotonin, um, in your brain, the feeling that makes you feel good about yourself and all that type of stuff. I want to kind of create an environment where you can create small victories to kind of help you emotionally, that type of thing. Um, it's just been a lot, man. It's just been a lot. But um, I've been excited. I have some shows coming up. Shout out to Zoe and Carmen Rogers for the next Loft Session. And uh, speaking of Loft Sessions, the two guests that I have on uh, today, one is going to be... Uh, visual artist Heather Jeter that uh, was the first visual artist for the Loft Sessions, uh, the one we had. I guess you guys can see the pictures and all that good stuff on the More Better Soul Instagram app. Amazing, amazing uh, black visual artist. And then uh, <laughs> and then we had Big Game James, my homeboy Tyrell, who's a black professional wrestler, amongst other things that we talk after that. So it's going to be a, a long podcast as I talk to both of these motherfuckers for like an hour apiece. It's going to be really, really dope. Sorry for taking so long to get this stuff up there. i just been going through a lot of shit, good and bad. Um, being in the studio, being out of town, shooting some uh, shooting a music video for, for new stuff. Shout out to the homie Chris Charles, who's uh, been shooting amazing stuff when I was out there uh, last week in Raleigh-Durham area. Uh, shout out to... Um, Juan, my homeboy, that was at the end of the podcast that we had with Tall Black Guy, who we were in Asheville doing some work um, before I had a show out there. Shout out to the homie Robert LaHoop. Shout out to Dre Lopez. Thank you all for, for having me out in that area. And um, I guess that's it, man. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to keep dwelling on some shit. You know what I mean? It's just been a long, long, long couple of weeks. And I'm just excited to really get back on track and getting this stuff out. Once again, the new law session is going to be May the 4th in Columbia, South Carolina with Zoe and Karma Rogers. If you guys want to get tickets, you can see it in the link of the podcast and all that great stuff. And um, without further ado, I'm going to shut the fuck up. Um, coming up is Heather. Peace. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Three, four. Ah. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Negro League Podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. Thank you guys for listening. We are sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to mobettersoul.bigcartel.com. Enter the code NEGRO to save 10% on your next order. Thank you guys for listening, all both of you. It's been a crazy, crazy, crazy week. <laughs> Our last episode with Tall Black Guy, we're really excited about that. The homie Juan. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for checking it out. It's been a crazy fucking week. Um, I got some cool stuff going. And we have a guest in here. Um, once again, a good homie of mine that also was at one of the loft sessions, the first loft session. Um, is your mic working? Uh, it's working. All right. I think I... Tell the people what your name is. My name is Heather Michelle. What's mm-hmm. up? And What's you up, are... Every... All both the people. people. Yeah, it's my, my mom. <laughs> my mom. Hey my mom and, and, and Danita Hathaway. What up, Danita? Um, so tell us about what you do. You're, you're an amazing painter, but uh, how would you describe yourself? Oh, okay. I'm an amazing painter. Oh, okay, oh, wait, I did it. Yeah, I mean, you just said it. But um, no, I, I've always said that I paint because I don't have the words. Mm-hmm. So... Any emotion or experience that I come across, I try to. I use a paintbrush to to speak it. So, what type of art do you focus on? Like, like if 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 you had a collection of work and had an art show, which we we've had an art show before, what would be if someone that didn't know you, or if there was a blind person asking, "What's your inspiration?" What would you say your main focus and inspiration is? Negroes. Negroes. God, <laughs> God damn coons. You tell a blind racist white lady. Negroes. <laughs> it's, like, it's a colored people. Oh, no. I mean, because when they hear your name, Heather, they're going to think you're white if yeah. they can't see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So shout out to your parents for giving you straight up a white name for the application my, process. My parents wanted me to get every job I applied for. Absolutely. That makes Shout like something. Mom and dad. That makes somebody <laughs> that makes somebody like Barack Obama even more impressive. That his name, right. his name was the furthest thing from white person. And that nigga became the president. What the fuck? What are we doing? Right. Like there, there's with Barack Obama, you had no doubt what you were getting. Like, <laughs> so you, like know. you you knew what you were getting before you saw him. But you appreciate that even more. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like. I was having a conversation the other day with the homie Chris Charles's mom. What up, Chris? Um, what up, mom? Uh, I was in... Uh, Your mom's again. The, the, not my mom. <laughs> not my mom this time, but you can talk to Chris, Chris's mom, who's really, really dope. She's Jamaican. She's a beautiful lady. Really, really, really fly. And, um, and, and we were just joking and talking about somebody like Barack, where we were basically like, that has to be the most uh, uh, honest black man on the planet because for him to become president, you know, people were trying to find if, if Barack had, Everything. if Barack had an illegitimate Everything. kid, if Barack had a drug problem, if Barack had like a gay sex tape, if it would have came out. Hiding something, it was going to be found. That's the point that I'm saying. It's like, it's like for, for there not to be anything to come out. I was like, wow, this dude must be squeaky clean for Would real, for real. Like- like i really feel like i really feel like you know you know when when you look back now at all the stuff that's going on with like trump and it's like all these crazy things and like on that you said that word so i gotta drink absolutely take it take your sip (laughs) but it's like you know to to think about the time when when obama was in office that motherfuckers was freaking out about his fucking tan suit for easter right you know what i mean like i mean see the thing is for me like 
I saw no problems with it. That was an Easter suit. Absolutely, like, that was what I. Expected oh, oh, oh to trust see. me, we we <laughs> didn't have a, we didn't have a problem with it. It's just that you you realize that when when people are really opposing who you are, they're going to try to stretch and make something out of nothing. So that's what, like here's what I knew: Obama was going to win. I'm, Okay. I was t- I was terrified because it's two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, yeah. and I'm like, man, if this black guy get in the office, he might get killed. Like I had all these negative thoughts in my mind. You had Kennedy. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Like, yo, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the thing about Kennedy is that yo, man, like Kennedy is is in the South because he was in Texas during the time during the civil rights um, era is about to start like really really going full throttle, and he's riding around Texas with a bunch of angry white people with the top down. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're so, cool as fuck. So it, you know, it's not it's not it's trying crazy. to it's not victim blaming, but it's it's like you you get scared about stuff like yeah. that, or I be paranoid. Like my black paranoia talks loud to me, like it yells at me. So like somebody like Obama, I was terrified, and I was like, man, they're gonna try to bring something up. They're gonna fuck with him. When I knew he was gonna win, is when the birth of thing happened. When white people was like, well, it's the it's it's a nigger even from the United States. <laughs> yeah, like they trying to pick, find everything. Yo, like- my thing is, if that's all they had. I knew he was going to win. Yeah, like, uh, uh, yeah. That's the only thing you can throw at him. Yeah, if that's all like, they had, his he birth got certificate? it. Yeah, like I'm telling you, which is legit. Because if like, there was, if there was a crackhead baby, if there was a gay tape, there was something. Yo, somebody like, would have got paid. Michelle money not for really something. married. Yeah. Something. Like, <laughs> yeah. So there it goes. So like Shout now, out to Michelle, because that's <laughs> my bae. Hey, 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 Michelle. So hey. my my question <laughs> is, you as an artist, how much does like social commentary influence your work? Huh. I know, man. This nigga be having real questions in this shit. You know what I'm saying? Just, I'm drinking beers. I didn't think a nigga was gonna have like real you questions. Goddamn, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so I try to be, I try to be as relevant as I can be. But honestly, like I, I paint what's. I paint what's relevant for me, mm-hmm. hoping that it does matter to viewers and audience, a potential audience. Mm-hmm. So social commentary. I mean, if you don't like what you see, mm-hmm. fuck it. If you like what you see, great. But also fuck it. Like I didn't do it really for you. Mm-hmm. I did it because it's something that I needed to say. And well, I hope you enjoy or you appreciate what I have to say. All right. So so as an artist, tell me your favorite like piece of work that you've done and what it is and why it's your favorite. <clears throat> like let's say the process up. Because like a lot of times, especially as a musician, I hear people talk to musicians, but I want to hear the process of this is how I wrote the song. This is the motivation behind this song. Like those are the things that really inspire me. So your favorite piece, do you have a name for it? Is it something that somebody bought? Like what's, what's something that's really, really special to you and why is that piece important to you? All right. I have two favorite pieces, mm-hmm. but they're kind of a play off of each other. Mm-hmm. I have one. I have changed the name of this piece so many times. Okay. Um, I haven't sold it. Don't know if I'm really willing to sell it, but it's one of my favorite pieces. Like, right now, I'm calling it Locks. Mm-hmm. It's this piece. Um, it's an oil painting, mm-hmm. and it's a couple. Okay. And their locks are literally intertwined. Wow, okay. Um, and it's just a moment caught between this couple. Okay. And for me, it's it's... Yeah, I could be like, oh, it's black love. It's da, 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 da. peace, it's peace. peace. Yeah. <laughs> nah, for me, it's a it's an intimate moment. It's something that 
honestly, when I painted it, it was something that I wanted. It was something that I wasn't getting. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to create what I want. Or, I, I, you know, I guess it makes sense. There's a lot of times when people be talking shit about, like, hip-hop culture. And it's like, oh, motherfuckers, they be talking about money and 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 all and cars and shit. And they don't even got that. And I'm like, well, can some of that be Tony Robbins? Would Tony Robbins be like, envision what you <laughs> yeah, want? You know what I mean? I mean, like, th- this is my vision board. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I guess... um. My, I'm wondering as far as like in, from an artist perspective, and, and do you have a website or anything for the for the two listeners? <laughs> they wanna, two listeners. That want to they want to cop something it's, like is there is there a place you can H go to? H Michelle Art mm-hmm. Michelle with one L. Mm-hmm. H Michelle Art dot com. com. Okay. Dot com. Word. So we'll have the link when you guys are checking this out on on Spotify and Apple Music and all that good stuff. Please please support Black artists, Black art. We was really excited to have uh, H Michelle. At the the first law session, um, displaying her work, so we're really really excited. And and I know this is an audio podcast, and y'all might not know who the fuck I'm talking about, but like, please check out her work I and, am a and black support person. her. She's black. I'm black. Yes, hence the Negro League. Shout out to my man Shiggy, who uh, we did an episode. We need to do another one soon. Um, we was joking about him being Japanese and saying, "Yo, what do I have to offer the Negro League?" But he has a lot to offer, and <laughs> and I've been tied up a little bit because uh, after Nipsey passed, like I really didn't want to do shit for for a few weeks. I feel that. Yeah, I feel that. did his death affect you at all? It did. How so? It did. I was a fan of his music. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize his impact, mm-hmm. and until his death, I will. I am very open to admit that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just like, oh damn. You know, a real one like that's unfortunate. Like, I can't believe you know what happened happened. And then after his passing, I learned more about his actual impact on his community. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and so then my damn went from damn to like, damn. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I was frustrated, and I talked about this a little bit in the last podcast. A little bit, a little, a little bit of the last podcast was kind of, I was kind of blindsided a little bit. And like, you really can't prepare for murder. You yeah, know what I mean? But, but it was like, you know, I had interviewed Tall Black Guy for that episode, and we recorded it. The the day of the loft session that we had that you came out to, and that was like Saturday the thirtieth, and and I was gonna put the podcast out on a Monday, and Nipsey was murdered like that 31st, Sunday. Yeah, exactly. So I sat on it for a week, and I was like, well, look, I want to put this interview out with Tall Black Guy, but I don't want people to think that we totally ignored this. So I tried to give a disclaimer mm-hmm. early on, and it was just a lot of frustration and a and a, and a lot of hurt that I felt where it, it, it's like. You know the conspiracy theorists kind of came out of the woodworks and oh, everywhere. Oh. Like there were so many just floating around. Like. And, and I realize it's a part of trauma in a way where I think that black folks is like we don't we don't want to explain it. Say again. Let me try to explain it. How do you want to explain? Oh, well, no, no, no. Oh, that's the, what I'm saying. The conspiracy theorists like let me try to explain this stuff I, by throwing out a I conspiracy theory. I think it's like, deeper than that. I think that if somehow something bad happens to your people. And you can say that racist white people are responsible. It lets us off the hook. It it, it takes the for some people it takes a sting away or something. Yeah, like, yeah. It could okay. it could be it could be like oh well well these, these crackers did this shit. We don't want to acknowledge that it's our people that might have had something to do with that. And there's a lot of stuff that happens with that stuff where it's just like yo man, white people be real quick to be like we talk about white people being violent to black folks and they're like well what about Chicago? You know what I mean? Like, oh. And it annoys me, but you know what's about to happen is that when, when black people in America start talking about the injustices that happen to black people, now people, are going, now white folks are going to be like, well, what about Nipsey? Nipsey. 
Yeah. You know what I'm they're, saying? They're, he, like, Nipsey's about to become a hashtag for mm-hmm. white people, but in such the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I was really heartbroken for Lauren London and... and it's like oh. the whole family, like black love. Them motherfuckers loved each other. That shit was so man. I'm that, telling you that that, that like <sighs> that when you say goals, man. <laughs> yeah, there was something where where they had this video of, of him at the Grammys and he got put his first official album out. He was nominated for it, and in this interview, was talking to Lauren and talking to Nipsey, and it was just they were so fucking cute, man. It's like <laughs> you just want to see them win, and for something like that to yeah. happen, yo, yeah, man. So. So yeah, so so shout out to Nipsey and and I don't even know if I'm still done processing it because it just it yeah you you it, see it yourself just, in it it you doesn't know? make it like none of it made sense like you were just like nah like that's one of those false reports like oh man like you were you were just hoping like somebody was gonna be like nah don't believe that shit it's not true like it, it puts you in a bad position because like when I heard the first reports it was saying that three people were shot and one of them has died and it was very vague. Yeah, and and you don't want to you don't want to be that person that says, you know, oh, I hope Nipsey didn't I hope Nipsey didn't die, but I hope yeah. somebody else died. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, like it's you don't so weird. Be that person that says like I hope Nipsey wasn't the one that died. Yeah, like, but because then that's putting that death on somebody else. But yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And I was terrified because they were very mum about what was going on, and I'm like, if I know me me writing for newspapers and doing the police reports, I know how. Specific, they got to be with certain information as to not cause like panic and shit like that, or yeah. you know, and and as vague as they were being, I was just like, this doesn't feel good. None of this sounds good. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, I, this is not. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not a happy ending at the end of this. You know, the fucked up thing about that was that the the night that he was murdered, I had a I had an assignment for the newspaper. I had to watch a movie and write a review about it. And when I pulled up to the movie theater, I heard that Nipsey had died. And like I had you pulled up. Yeah. And then I had to watch the movie Dumbo. Oh god. Yeah. It was the and, and I blasted the review. I was like, this is the worst fucking movie. <laughs> Fuck these niggas. Fuck elephants. Take their tusk, stab them with. Like I was just such in a bad mood. And I kind of had to give a disclaimer. I was like, look, look. I gave this a shitty review. Maybe this is a shitty movie, but I was in the worst mood possible. You know what I'm saying? Like it was the worst possible position to be in. Well, but um, not to lighten conversation, mm. but fuck Dumbo. Like, oh I'm yeah, sorry. Dumbo. I'm not, terrible. I'm, not, I'm terrible. not a fan of Dumbo. Well, like um, I, I mean, I wasn't a fan of the Disney like cartoon version. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. It it just seems like racist to me. Oh, there's a lot of racism in it. It's like, like yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. Well, well. Speaking of like movies and and trying to shift away from like the racist shit, there's also like cool like, you know, great black people doing great things in filming and television. And and you just sure, saw sure. Little, which I did. which uh, old girl from uh, Black is shout Martin. out. She's uh, the youngest what the youngest youngest producer? executive producer ever. She's what 13, 14? 13, 14, Yeah, one of right. Now now, I guess these are different conversations, right? Because it's like when I have a conversation about Tyler Perry. I can say I hate the movies, but I respect the hustle. Be like, oh, he's true, employing black. Guy. Yeah, I didn't see the movie, and I promise I'm not going to go see the movie unless people are hiring me to watch it. <laughs> like, uh, you get paid to go see yeah, the movie. How, how do you feel about the movie? Okay, so <laughs> let me put this out there. Mm-hmm. There were some dope people in the movie. Mm-hmm. Love me some Issa Rae. Bong. Love her. Mm-hmm. Love me some Regina. Hall. Magina Hall is so bad. Oh, she she's bad as fuck. You know, you know, you know, you know what I thought would be a good casting thing. It's and I don't know if this happened or not, but if somebody did a movie 
and there's a character played by Sanaa Lathan, and she's supposed to have a sister. I think Regina Hall could play her sister. Well, you know they're best friends, like, in real life. <laughs> so I read, right? And then <laughs> they, no, stunt like, doubles. They, they, like, best friends. Side note, if you really want to see an amazing show, um, there's a show called Black Monday that takes place in the 80s, and it's about the market crash. Yeah, in Regina 19- Hall. Yeah. She's, she, she's not just Showtime. on it. Showtime. But she's fucking incredible. Have you seen any any episodes of the show? I've watched one episode. I'm like, I plan to like binge the it rest is, of it. It is my favorite new show. It's incredible. Her and Don Cheadle are fucking amazing in this yeah. show. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm sorry. Continue. So tell okay. me how terrible this movie was. I, I didn't say it was terrible. <laughs> so, like I said, love me some Issa Rae. Like, dope as fuck. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Like, black magic. Mm-hmm. There you go. But Regina Hall, mm-hmm. dope as fuck, hilarious, beautiful, black magic. Mm-hmm. Marcy Martin, who's adorable. Mar- who's Marcy Martin? Oh, the girl, the girl, the okay. little girl. Mm-hmm. She from Blackish and all that, like mm-hmm. adorable. And I can't, I look, little girl, I can't fight your hustle. Like, I wish at fourteen I had this mindset and doing what you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. I wish, yeah. you know. Because at 30, I'd be in a completely different place. <laughs> <laughs> but movie was cute. Mm-hmm. Now, will I say this was the best movie I've ever seen? Mm. No. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to put it out there. But was it a bad movie? No. It was cute. Like, I, as I went there by myself, mm-hmm. which I do. I take myself out to movies and dates. Well, that's what you got to do. So self-care, yeah. how important self-care. is self-care for you? Self-care is very important to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I if I don't treat myself right, how do I expect somebody else to treat me right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So. So is, is your art a part of self-care? Or does it feel like work? No. Um, my art is a part of self-care. My art is my, my art's my therapy. My art's my workout. My mm-hmm. art is my yoga. It's abusa <laughs> <laughs> when I paint, like. Mm-hmm. I cry when I paint. I'm smiling when I paint. Sometimes I get an orgasm when I paint. Like, it's that's my thing. Shit. I need mean, what kind of painting is this shit? <laughs> like, <laughs> there, was some, there was some artist. I can't remember who it was. Like, one of these famous artists. Um, I don't know if it was, like, Salvador uh, or uh, was it Salvador Dali, Dali or whatever. It, it, it was one of these famous artists. But it was a story that I was hearing about it where you have these historians trying to take these old images. Maybe it's Jackson Pollock where they're trying to take these old images and be like, yo, what's this on here? What's this on here? And they looked and they looked and they'd be like, oh, it's seminal fluid. Like, niggas be busting nuts, nuts. <laughs> on their paintings, right? Like, go ahead and put a black light to some of these paintings, man. Oh, like. skeets. Oh, my gosh. So who's your, who's your inspiration as, as visual artists, as painters? Like, what inspired you when you was getting into this? Like, artist-wise? Yeah, yeah. Artist, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm a bad artist. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, I don't really feel like I... I inspire myself, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> No, because I mean, yeah, I have a I have appreciation for a bunch of different artists, so I can name a bunch of different artists. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to be a bunch of different artists. I want to be me. Mm-hmm. So I could say a lot of people inspired me, but I wanted to create what I wanted to create, and I was in that I wanted to create what I wasn't seeing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And so what was that that you're not seeing that you're feeling the void for? for? What I'm hoping I'm feeling the void for is, um, like I could say, black art, but there's tons and tons and tons of black art out there. 
And shout out to everybody that's creating black art because it's needed, it's necessary, it's mm-hmm. appreciated. Yeah. I think what's going on now is that it a lot is. of times, like, we have to, like, see ourselves in order to embrace ourselves. Because, like, art, yeah. art has been just like everything else is that, you know, growing up, the literature that we had to read in school was all European literature or Huck Finn and all this, all the this type of shit. The only time you saw yourself in a book was Huckleberry Finn and you were called a nigger. Oh, or or or, <laughs> or the only the only thing that they talk about as far as Our like color purple. Yeah, oh gosh, you know, or black people, the black people's involvement in America was like, oh, you were slaves and, and Lincoln freed you guys. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, and Martin Luther praise, King was praise was, was Lincoln nice. and Martin yeah. and Martin, like yeah. praise Lincoln and Martin. Yeah. So, but I think the shift that's going on now is that is that you know, have you been? To the to the National African American Art Museum in DC. I'm a bad black person. I, I mean, look, yet. don't 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 feel bad. <laughs> but I tell you this though, it was a I, life changer. I, I, I hear it's it, it was a changer. It was you, a, it was an absolute life changer. You walk in one way, you walk out another. Like, well, my uh, shout out. You know, you know who got me on that shit hard because I was debating on doing it because like. You think things are difficult until you do it. So, like, for an example, when I brought Chris, homie Chris Charles here um, for an art show that we did in January in Columbia, we were just randomly talking about it. And I hadn't wanted to go to the gallery, but, you know, you think that something costs more than what it is. Mm-hmm. And so he's talking to me like, you need to go. He's like, the gallery, the, the, the museum is like five levels, and the bottom level starts off when we were brought here and it progressively goes up. You know what I mean? But like, by, yeah. As black people rose, Absolutely. the levels rise. And, and it's like the experience of black people in America. And there's, a, there's something really interesting. By the, by the time you're on the third level, there's like a meditation area. And, and like, you know, you ho- home cooking peace. food. Exactly my point. <laughs> there was an acknowledgement that, like, this is a lot to do. And he was like, here's what he told me. And my homeboy in D.C., shout out to Hank, told me. He said... You need to give yourself an entire day because I think when people try to go to it, they be they assume they can just go through it, but you have to give it the the attention that it deserves. And so he was telling me this, and he's just like, "Man, they got Jay Dilla's drum machine, and they got the motherfucking mothership from Parliament Funkadelic." And and right when I'm thinking about it, I'm at work at the record store. Shout out because it's record store day technically today. By the time y'all niggas hear this, it's not. But support your local record stores. But I did. You did. did you? you spent you, <laughs> <laughs> you spent a grip. Shout out. But um, I was looking at some Jordans, right? Like prices on some Jordans, and I said, "Well, let me look at how much a fucking plane ticket costs." And a plane ticket, if I planned it two months ahead, a plane ticket from South Carolina to DC was 148 bucks with tax Jordans. Yeah, exactly. It's cheaper than some Jordans. And I was yeah. like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna go. And I hit my homie up and I was like, you know, you know, I, hey, I got a couch to sleep on. You know, I got, you know, uh, I don't have to worry about food. Uh, my homies are there, Matt is there, and my brother ended up driving there at the same time. And we had the experience of having uh, to go through the museum together. And I feel like it's something that every black person in America need to do so I, I would I would say strongly especially you as a visual artist too like mm-hmm. there's a lot of that component because it's directly across the street from the actual Smithsonian as well yeah get your ass in there yeah no I have I have a little like I guess you can call it a bucket list maybe mm-hmm. of things that I want to do in my 30th year all right so give me some stuff what you got so we so we can so you hold this on record so we can go back to it so y'all so, can hold yeah. me to the shit like, <laughs> right like so what's, like, what's bitch, on this you bucket ain't list do shit okay um one yes go to the african-american museum mm-hmm. that's something i need to do want to do plan to do intend to do mm-hmm. will do let me take all, all right, the there you go okay will do um travel solo Travel solo. Mm-hmm. 
um, because I realize waiting on other people to do it. Travel It'll where? never happen. Where do you want to travel? What are you talking about? Well, my first solo travel, probably just be cross country. Okay. Just cross country. Do something. Treat myself. Okay. You okay. know, um, already just, you know, uh, reapplied for my passport. I had one when I was younger, but expired. So I'm, I got uh, reapplied for a new one. Okay. Um, so I'm going on an international trip, but that will be with friends during the summer. Okay. Do another show. All right. Well, that's something I can help out with. So let's figure that shit out soon. So, you know, get to work. Let's 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 <laughs> let's try to have a show of all new shit. I mean, and sometimes Yeah, and that's what I want to do. I don't I don't want like cuz some of my friends be like, "You could do a show anytime you have like a room full of paintings mm-hmm. just in there." And I was like, "I do." But, but I feel like while I'm still proud of those paintings, mm-hmm. that was Heather at 20, 21, 22. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have different shit to say. Because Heather now. at 55. Yeah, Heather, Heather at 54. <laughs> Heather at uh, 72 and a half. She's got different shit to say. Yeah, well, shout out to uh, the AARP <laughs> motherfuckers in this building. <laughs> that I'm, melanin be on fleek, though. Man, look. Be like 105 years old <laughs> on dating websites looking for, for looking for 25 year old niggas, and some nigga would be like, "Man, I smash!" Like I hit it. niggas don't care. <laughs> niggas be here. A woman is 70 years old. The first thing they run to the line is, "Well, I ain't gonna pull out. She ain't getting pregnant." <laughs> you know, like, like she bet. has she has great grandchildren. How can you fuck up? But she look good. I mean, shit, Angela Bassett. Now, come on, look, man. I'm, that is goals as fuck. You can't say Bassett without acid. But like, like, Angela Bassett is is, is stunning, bad as fuck. Yeah, like. Man. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Angela, who has had the same husband for 30 something years, so he knows what's up. Look, you know what? Um, as much as we're saying shout out to Angela, shout out to Courtney. Yeah. yeah <laughs> shout absolutely. out to Courtney B. Vance. Like, absolutely. You saw you saw it and you took and you you were like, nah, I'm holding on to this. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I mean, just shout out to to, you know, we get like good black women, like like especially like certain stuff in Hollywood, certain people like like Ozzy Davis and Ruby D. Like that was love. Ozzy was just like man, death do we part like a motherfucker. Like I ain't going nowhere. You know what I mean? Like them niggas was together since the the, the forties. Like, like, <laughs> you know, like I tell you, I tell you how long they've been together. Beginning of time. I tell you, I tell you how long they've been together. In nineteen fifty, I think there was a a a biopic about Jackie Robinson, and Jackie Robinson played himself. Mm-hmm. And his wife, Rachel Robinson, which I have an autograph card from Rachel Robinson, who's still alive. Rachel Robinson was played by Ruby D. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like <laughs> somehow, Ozzy was just like, oh, I'm not fucking this up. Like, like, yeah, yeah. I know what I got. Yeah, and plus, it, I mean, I guess plus it worked that both that they were both actors, they were both into the arts, and I think that they appreciate each other. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a real appreciation there. Absolutely. So and understanding. So outside of that, like outside of being inspired by art. What else? What else inspires you? What's if if there's music that's inspire you? What are you listening to now? If there's movies that inspire you outside of a little, what's what's <laughs> what's something artistically that's like sparked the interest or or motivated you to be like, yo, I I need to do more lately. You know, it's it's not actually movies or what music. There's some people out there, okay. some like young people, where I'm just like, they're doing some amazing dope stuff. Mm-hmm. People like who? Yara Shahidi. Who's that? Yara Shahidi. All right. 
Okay. Grownish, blackish. Oh, it's just everybody yeah. off that fucking show. Everybody huh? like, yeah. off that fucking show. Like, because, mm-hmm. I mean, fucking Tra- Tracy Ellis Ross, like, uh, you can't not love her. Mm-hmm. Um, Amandala Steinberg. Who's that? Um, she has several movies. She did a movie with um, Regina Hall. Yeah, you know, I I just love her. Um, she was okay. Like this is my my best way to describe her, or it's probably not the most relevant. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I say it, everybody knows who I'm talking about. She was Rue in the Hunger Games. Okay, well, I never watched Hunger Games, so, <laughs> okay. so maybe maybe well, I'm see, slipping. You slipping? So like, you like shit like the Hunger Games, or do you watch like Handmaid's Tale and stuff like that? I do not watch Handmaid's Tale. I have never seen it. Episode of Game of Thrones. Okay, yeah, you were talking about that. I have never watched an episode. I am proud that I've never watched an episode. I am standing strong. I mean, whatever. I am, you know what? Game of I'm Thrones. I'm the one. Game of Thrones. The one now. person in no, the world that's no, never no, seen no, it. You're, like, you're, <laughs> not the, you're not the one person because there's Game of Thrones is like bowling, and I and I had this joke because my father is, is like my father was like a professional bowler and shit, mm-hmm. and, and so seeing him over the years, I hate bowling, and I hate bowling because of my dad. And the reason why I mean by that is that. There's literally only two types of bowlers. Either bowlers like my dad that take it way too seriously <laughs> or you don't take it seriously at all. At all. There's like, nobody there's yeah. nobody in the middle. So like there's only two types of Game of Thrones people. There's people that love the show and people that like to brag that they don't watch the show. And you know what I mean? So I think there's a bigger army than you think. Because somebody, because I'm in a okay, I'm in a Game of Thrones uh, discussion group on Facebook. Sue me, but it's all black people, so it's cool. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, we, we, put, we're, we're, we're dorky, we're dorky as fuck. But it's like she made one of my homegirls make a meme, and she was just like, "Oh, Game of Thrones is coming, so just get ready for all the people making posts about how they've never watched an episode of Game of Thrones." You know, so it's like, you know, stuff well, like that happens. It, but it's like, but it's like, you know, it's no, like no, I get it. I, but I will say I've never wasted the time to make a post that I don't watch it. You just I do it on the podcast. Wait, I just do it on the podcast. <laughs> just wait till I just my wait time. T- I just wait till she's, somebody she's puts me on the podcast. My time. So what TV shows yes. do you watch? So, so you, since Game of Thrones is not your cup of tea, nigga, you just watch a little, which I hear is a terrible movie. But you talking shit about Game of Thrones. So what do you watch? I don't know. I can't talk shit about Game of Thrones because I've never watched it. Uh, but yeah, but I don't. I choose not to watch it because I'm a strong black woman. So what? No, so what no, do you it watch? It has nothing to do with that. It's just I was never into the fantasy. Stuff like I I wasn't a vampire chick I wasn't but that's a why I, but, but that's where the conversation the conversation started because of Hunger Games so that's 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 what I'm just trying to figure out so you watch Hunger Games I did watch Hunger Games all right Games. did you but like it did you enjoy there's, it there's no dragons or vampires or werewolves in but, Hunger Games but there is white people so there are some white people but there was black people in it too okay so so, so what else do you watch you're not answering the question you're stalling. I am stalling. Um, I watch. <laughs> All right, so I'm watching Insecure. Mm-hmm. Love it. Watch it every time. Probably rewatched every episode. Okay. Um, and like I'm, I'm in Grey's Anatomy. Like I, I've been, I grew up with it. Like I'm 15 years in at this point. Like I, I'm just. I'm, I'm, if I make a commitment, I hold that. So <laughs> I, I feel like I got to see it through. I feel that way about like Doctor Who. You, you know, you know the history of Doctor Who. I do not. Doctor Who's like 
originally it started since like the 1950s. It's this British show. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, if you ever go to like Comic Con and shit like that, you're going to see people like, you know, it's like a phone booth or all this crazy stuff the, that they the have with it. Valorium or what, something. Whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, DeLorean is the is, is uh, a Back to the Future, but I don't know. But it's oh. like, <laughs> but now it's like there's different incarnations of Doctor Who that's been going on since the early 2000s. And every time I want to, like, get involved with it, I feel like, man, it's just too far gone. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mm-hmm. think I have the energy for it. So imagine a nigga trying to get into Grey's Anatomy. There, there's, Season one is 343 episodes. Like, that's a lot of shit, you know? It's like, that's a, it's a commitment. You know, the only time I, I sit down and watch shit like that is if, like, every once, once every, like, three years or two years, you get, like, really sick and you can't do shit for three days. Like that's you pull yeah. you pull some shows up, but I usually pull out shows I've already watched, you know. Because so when you fall asleep, you don't feel bad that you missed like four episodes running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Netflix, but you still up, nigga? You know, um, nah, not nah, bitch. I'm all right. So outside of TV shows, <laughs> what, what, what movies have you watched other than big or not big but little? Um, honestly, I have not seen a lot of movies lately. Like mm-hmm. little was probably the first time I've been to a movie theater in. So you're not a Marvel person? You care about like Avengers no, and I, shit like I that? I do, I do, but I I just didn't make it to the movie theater. Like, I did make it to the movie theater to see Black Panther because I was like, as a black person, I have to go and. Speak I mean, there's, but there was black people that didn't give a shit about you know there, there the comic were. book movie. Yes, yeah, so people there, grandma was going to see Black yeah. Panther. They'd be like, what's going on? I don't care. I'm supposed to be what, here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. you know? no, no, no. I I enjoyed I enjoyed Black Panther. Um, I haven't. I I want to support us. I do. You but mean I, us as in black people or the movie? Both. Okay. <laughs> I want to support us, but I am not a horror movie person. A horror or whore? It's not like you said horror movie person. Well, I'm not a whore. <laughs> but but you could be a horror <laughs> movie person. If that was a genre, I would love to see it. All right. a, a horror movie, like a all horror right. type so, person? So, so, yeah. All right. So side notes, which is kind of related. Shout out to my grandmother. Uh, wait, 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 hold up, pause. Uh, uh, How uh, did uh, you get from horror if you listen, to your If grandma? you listen to it, if you listen to it, you let me finish. All right. So, like, so my granny, before she passed, like, she'll be at my mom's house, and, and she'll just, like, just sit around watching TV. And she said to my mom one day, we in the, in the room, she's just like, Beverly, I want to watch the TV show about the whores. And we're like, excuse me? You know, the show about the whores, about the whores, the TV show about, what? what? And she said, the houses are really dirty and people clean it up. And we're like, oh, the hoarders. hoarders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, <laughs> like, I need you to enunciate, listen, Granny. <laughs> listen, we'd be like, hoarders. She'd be like, what I say. <laughs> <laughs> so that shit is fucking hilarious it to is. me, man. So yeah, so anytime I think of whores, I think of my Granny. But, um, wow. Yeah. yeah, weird, but probably semi accurate. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, no. yeah. I like I, I want to support. I want to support. Um, but, but why don't? The movie. Why, but why don't you want to see us? What's, what's what's holding you back? Um, I'm I, like I said. I'm not. I'm not a horror movie. Horror. 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 Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> Got to put the extra emphasis on the H. Horror. You just say. Just say I don't like scary movies. Just say that I like, shit. I don't like scary movies. Okay. I don't, I don't like them. Well then, shit. If people be talking about like you know what's your what's the scariest movie you ever seen? They think I'm going to say like. Exorcist or something. I'm like, nigga, 12 years a slave. Like, the that fuck you told me? Yo, that shit terrifying, and man. And true story. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm scared of different shit. Like, man, mm-mm. Yeah. No, and, and, but see, I, I think that's the thing with uh, scary movies. Like, some of the stuff where they're like, this is a true story. I'm like, or it's not. Uh, sometimes the ones that aren't true, 
uh, true stories are scary to me because I was like, somebody's mind is twisted enough to come up with this shit, well, and I don't like that. Well, white people have the energy to do like a bunch of fantasy <laughs> shit. But, I mean, I mean, this is kind of like my racist theory. Shout out to my white people that support and allies. There's no diss to y'all. We but but like I feel like you know ideas like Star Wars and all this crazy stuff of of stuff being like you know oh let's let's create a fantasy world of stuff to to create a conflict bloody bargains I, and shit flying yeah I mean I, I I feel like people do that when they ain't got nothing else to fear or worry like, about like let's create yeah, something yeah. to fear that's let's why like I realize me a as a somebody that's like interested in like. The shit that I read, I don't read a bunch of fantasy shit. Like, mm. I mean, which and there's a level of Afrofuturism that's like I think is is something that this new generation of Black people are experiencing or even embracing the idea of of fantasy shit. Like, even, that's why somebody like Octavia Butler was so dope to me because she could do something like Kindred, that is an Afrofuturistic um, um, book. And shout out to John Jennings who did the the, uh, the illustrated version of the book, the um, graphic novel. But it was also centered around black history and slavery. You know what I'm saying? So she found a way to be like kind of touch on both of those things. But it's just like, you know, me reading his books for the most part, I always do autobiographies or biographies because to me, nothing is crazier than reality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you like, can't make, literally, you can't make that shit up. But I think, but here's what I feel about us that even there's certain parts of the movie, and there's no spoilers I'm gonna give, there's certain parts about the movie that might left a little to be desired to a certain mm-hmm. extent. What I do love about it is I feel like it's dope to have black films that are in this in this lane that it don't have yeah. to be your traditional black shit you go Not to about the movie. A slave. And but you know and it can and it can be and it can be um you know it can have an artistic ending. Yeah. It's it's like you know like a lot of times you know, we we don't expect black movies to be complicated or, or black movies to have weird endings or black be people esoteric. Can make you think yeah. too. We can we can be just as fucked up or just as thoughtful or or just as contemplative as anybody else. And yeah. I think that's really what's what I gather more from something like us yeah. is that I like the idea that there's a black movie and nobody knows what the fuck is going on. So that everybody type of conversation. Everybody leaves confused. Is, yeah, absolutely. Like I, that's what I heard. Everybody leaves confused. Absolutely, I enjoyed it, and I think Lupita. Unfortunately, I think the movie's coming out too soon, but I think she deserves an Oscar nomination for it. I don't know if she deserves a winning Oscar, you know. but like yeah, a I mean, nom, nom a nom, yeah. I mean, you got to see what the what the season looks like eventually, but I think yeah. but I think her performance deserves a nomination. But I think it's going to get lost in the sauce when um, award season comes back it, around again. By the time, yeah, because there will be so much out. But but, but like, you know what? But I I say that. But you know, Get Out came mm-hmm. out around the same type of type of shit during the year, like in March or something like that. And um, you know, the lead actor, I forgot his name. Um, he uh, he was nominated. Yeah, you know what was. I'm saying. So it's like you do you do fly shit. I think people are gonna really figure out a um, way to make it work. Absolutely. So I think yeah. I think that's really really dope. You no, know? and that's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many parts of me that wants to see it just so like not just so I can say I saw it, but to support it and to also be like okay, so I can have a conversation about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I know my scary ass. Mm-hmm. I sleep alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't need those problems. That's <laughs> some goddamn stuffed animals. In there. <laughs> Do you sleep with the TV on? Or like, I, I have these conversations about people that, like, some people be like, "Nah, I don't, I don't like to have the TV on." And some people be like, "I can't sleep unless there's noise." Like, what's your approach with that? I'm a noise chick. So you do you turn the TV on low? Do you have like white noise? Like, what do you? How do you sleep? Um, I'll have the TV on and it's probably on low. Mm. Probably not 
I, it's on something I don't. So you have like a TV about, show, a TV show on that the, I sleep to. Yeah, I sleep to Food Network. Mm. So I wake up hungry. You wake as up fuck. hungry. Yeah, I wake up hungry. As fuck. <laughs> I tell I tell you what though, I usually didn't sleep with with noise, but lately and I don't know there might there might be something like that shifted in my life a little bit. I've been I've been, and I think I might know what it is. I've been sleeping to the Carmichael Show. Like I've watched all the seasons, but like some somehow. That's the thing I go to sleep to. Like I play it now, and I think just now thinking about it, I know, I know what it is. I know what it is. I think I didn't start watching the Carmichael Show until like 2017, mm-hmm. and this is around the time my grandmother got really sick. Yeah, and and I think I, that show got me out of a lot of shit. Like it was comforting. You know what I'm saying? Like extremely comforting going through a rough time when my grandmother was in the hospital. So somehow I think there's some type of connection there. Look at this podcast being, being you know shit. what I'm saying? Like, shit, who needs a therapist? All a nigga needs is a microphone and a talk for thirty and minutes. Still hey, there you go. But um, but I think I think there's something there that 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 somehow it, it kind of triggers comfort. So I don't know. So let me figure that shit out because I can't be I can't be keeping my goddamn Netflix <laughs> going on every night. And they raising prices, like. Oh, uh, but you know what though, man? Shout out, shout out to the homies, right? Like, if you if you log into any of my shit on PS4. Like HBO Go might say preach, welcome preach. My my motherfucking Hulu might say welcome Britney, you know. And my, my Showtime might say hi Dave, you know what I mean? Like that's that's, that's yo, how you got to do it. Like to the every homies, person, yo, like absolutely. I like look, I'll pay for this one, you pay for that one, you absolutely. pay for that, and then we all share passwords. That's, that is that's some how of you the do. coolest has, shit, man. I fucking has love money it, man. to pay twelve dollars for every little thing they want to pay, like listen to or watch, like. If, if I think black people need to treat everything like we do the passwords, you know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> <laughs> we overcomplicate it. We gotta be like, look, nigga, how many of us watch Game of Thrones and like don't nobody spend no money on no goddamn HBO Go yeah. passwords? So like, no, my HBO, my name, my name is Brittany. My <laughs> like... do you watch? Do you watch any other HBO show or any shit like that other than Insecure? On HBO. Um, you do Westwood, Westworld, anything like that? I've tried to get into it. Mm. I, I feel like I probably tried to get into it a little too late at night because mm. I was sleepy. Ah, okay. So I was like, no, nah, can't focus. Nope, too much going on. Sleep. So the Food Network, should, do you cook at all? You're a cooker or baker or anything like that? Um, I I do cook. Okay. I enjoy cooking. I I'm pretty good at it. Why does it sound like a goddamn OK Cupid profile for you? Be like, I cook and I like to watch scary. I don't like and to watch scary movies. I mean, <laughs> I like long walks on the beach. Look, man, <laughs> yeah, no. yo, niggas are trying to cash <laughs> up your ass. You just send me a percentage of that shit. <laughs> be, like, be like, I heard she an artist and she says she needs somebody to go watch a movie. With. She sleeps alone. <laughs> yeah, you be like dropping them, dropping them hints. You <laughs> like, I, I, I have a spacious bed that's so so low. Only and cold. Yeah. Y'all get away with that shit. <laughs> Guys with that shit, man, we just look corny. You know? <laughs> but anyways, I, I digress. Size for the man, queen. fuck that shit. Because niggas can't, niggas can't be like, you know what? I sleep in the twin or bunk bed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm still mm-hmm. in my parents' bedroom. You know what I'm saying? Because then they're, because everyone's going to be like, and that's where you're going to stay. Yo, <laughs> to, to the homies, you got mattresses on the floor. Let's step it up, my nigga. Like, no mattresses on the floor. 
in, in 2019. No mattresses on the floor. Unless it's Please. your guest room. If you got a guest room for, for a homie to crash when they in town, cool. No mattresses because on the floor. Because you don't want them to stay there a long time. No, then no, no, yeah, no. that's fine. But, but, yeah. but you know, niggas, we you can't you can't get your good stroke in on the floor. Like 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 guys gotta like step this shit up. It's like I it's like, like yeah, after a certain age, I'm not getting my ass onto a floor. Like yeah. shout out to Amanda Seals. She had, this was part of her joke. On HBO. Her comedy special. How her was, comedy how, special. How was the comedy special? Did it was, you like it? It was funny. I liked it. I enjoyed okay. it. But that was actually part of her special. Like, my grown ass mm. is not about to get on, like, have sex with you mm-hmm. if your bed is just a mattress on the floor with a comforter <laughs> from Walmart. Like, I, that, like I can't do it. Like, <laughs> she's like, but if it's from Target, <laughs> that's a different story. The designs, design, their designs are so much better. <laughs> Shout out to Target design. <laughs> that's how I know I'm old and washed. It's like all the shit that like, it's like all the shit you didn't want to spend your money on. Like when you when you're a guy that moved out the house for the first time. Now it's like you know my favorite shit is like going to like. TJ Maxx and buying candles and shit, or be like, you know, oh, this this sheet is like, you know, Egyptian. You, you pay attention to that thread count now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because it's 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 like, man, look, the biggest lie that old people, and I say old relatively, I feel like I'm old, you know, but but I'm a hip hop nigga, so like I'm 35, so hip hop niggas is. 35 is dog in dog years. It's like the NBA. Like a nigga in the NBA can be 35 and be. You know, old yeller, but in real yeah. life, they're not that old. So it's like yeah. 35 is not that old, but in certain cultures, it's old. And I feel like the biggest lie that old niggas like me hear is that we think something is doper in the streets. And it's like, nah, nobody want to go to no fucking club. Like, no. Like, all these shows and movies we talking about, I'm like, man, I want to find, I want to watch some of that shit, put some sweatpants, you know, come I, I on. Want, like, my favorite, I'm sorry, my favorite thing to do, mm-hmm. like, what makes me happiest? <laughs> more, for, more for her okay Cupid profile. Yes. Mm-hmm. What makes me happiest? Like, guys pay attention. Ladies too. <laughs> hey hoes. No. <laughs> no, um, sitting on the sofa, glasses on, mm-hmm. no makeup, mm-hmm. some sweatpants, mm-hmm. junk food, glass of wine, and just straight chilling. Like that, that's what I want to do. Like mm-hmm. that, like. If you can do that with me, we can vibe. Like I, 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 my my approach to life has changed drastically. I used to I used to laugh at this joke on Seinfeld where like Jerry would joke with with George Costanza about wearing sweatpants in public, and Jerry said to him, "You know, when you wear sweatpants in public, it's like you told the world I give up." I used, <laughs> and like you maybe maybe five six years ago, like you couldn't catch me with sweatpants in public. I used to make fun of that shit. Now. That's all oh, I wear. Like if you look at my my Literally text messages moment, to my mom, to yo, the thing about it is my sweatpants <laughs> is jamming. As long as the kicks are dope, man, I'm gonna take a picture of the kicks. The kicks are dope, but it's like if you look at my text messages I have between my mom, like I go out of town, I do a photo shoot or some shit because I got like a, a video we're recording. Um, and I send pictures. To my mom like, oh. Thank God you're not wearing sweatpants. And then I go to like pose at a restaurant somewhere and I'm like, yo, I got to get a picture of my whole outfit. And I'm like, hashtag sweatpants. (laughs) Absolutely. You know? And so like, that's like, my mom is like, you know what? Here's the irony of my mom's like, you know what? People are going to see you and think that you're depressed because you're wearing sweatpants all the time. And I'm kind of like, you know what? It's funny because I would have thought that shit about a nigga years ago. Now I think it's the opposite. 
I think if I see a nigga with nothing with sweatpants on a regular basis, I'm like, yo, that nigga happy. As yo, hell. he's comfortable as shit. He's so yo. like, he's so good with himself. I think I think even the approach of wealth is different. Like so, back in the day, you would think rich people need to wear like Armani suits, but like you know, Steve Jobs is like you know black turtleneck, or yeah. Zuckerberg wears a gray T-shirt and and you know the same thing every day. You, you know what yeah, I mean? It's Nikes. <laughs> it's like so so it's like the idea of of wealth and experiencing wealth and the showcase wealth. All that has kind of shifted to what people want. Yeah. You know. Side note: There's this uh, Instagram page of. Uh, preachers or people of the cloth buying expensive shoes, and the page is called Preachers with Sneakers. That shit's real. <laughs> Yo, absolutely. <laughs> so, like, they'll, it'll, they'll always split screen. They'll have like some like preacher in front of his mega church, and they'll be split screen with the shoes and how much it costs on StockX. You know what I'm saying? So it's basically like, um, this is where your tides went to. Yo, yo, pretty much. And, and, and you know what's weird? I think some people love that shit. I think people be like, Oh well, you know my my preacher flossing. Well, like, that's how he connects to the kids. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like we'll figure out a way to justify pretty much anything. You know what I mean? But but sometimes it's like we were talking about earlier. Sometimes it's just like old niggas trying to look young, and it just look weird. You know what I mean? There's certain that's stuff. Weird as you know, like yeah. As F. There's something cool about getting old, and I think people get so afraid of it, and I think because they feel like they're losing something. But like, there's something dope about there's something getting you're old. Gaining. Yeah, there's yeah. something you're gaining. Yeah, like- something you're gaining. Well, and if you're not, that has to be a reevaluation. And I think, you know, it's like at your jobs and shit like that. There's like they, we we do these exit interviews, or we do these like uh, uh, yearly reviews on what's your performance looking like and how you doing. We need to do that with ourselves, and a lot of times, and and I and I mean this on myself too. This shit gets like. Depre- it could it has a potential to get depressing. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes you have to emotionally step on the scale. You know what I mean? Like, like, like yeah. sometimes you gotta you gotta know what your number is. And you'd be like, <laughs> oh shit. I hear okay. that number. Yeah. I, I surpassed. Yeah, that absolutely. Like, and sometimes it's healthy. And, and we gotta do that. You know what I mean? So so I'm a big fan of it. As long as I feel like I'm I'm trying to improve, that's all I care about. Yeah. So yeah. you know. But um and this nigga brags about his sweatpants. Like he's like, nah, Yo, these, these not Walmart sweatpants. Niggas, this just is the target. Let me stop. Nah, like, <laughs> nah, these sweatpants is fucking jamming, dog. Like, 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 I want to throw straight up so nobody steal this shit and be recording this. I'm gonna throw like a sweatpants and hoodie party. Like it's gonna be just a chill out, down, dress down party. You know what I'm saying? Like niggas. Like if sweat. you dressed up, everybody gonna look at you. Yeah, they gonna look corny. Like, like you. Like, 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 yo, it's like they'd be the niggas, it'd be like the old young niggas that like they're not too old, but they too you know trying to be young. Yeah, you know, it'd be like a fifty old nigga wearing the polo shirts, but the polo logo is like three feet yeah. big, or or they wear like a Sean John shirt, and the word Sean John it's covers huge. the whole. Yeah, man, fuck or, all that no, shit. No, or like it's it's too match matchy, like it's all jean. Like, oh it's my all God. like. Yo, we can't it's do like, that. where are you going? Yeah, plus, shout out to niggas that still wear blue jean shorts. Please don't do that. That shit's not cool in 2019. <laughs> um, it wasn't cool. I, I think. I mean, well, there's a lot when, of fashion when, shit. When we was were mad. That cool? Yo, the early 2000s, and we don't think about it being that long time ago, but it's a long time it ago. It was like, a, a lot time, of like, shit. Early 2000s? I'm sorry. <sighs> shit. My ass. 2000, I was in fifth grade. <laughs> really? Oh, God. Nigger. <laughs> <laughs> Nigger. Oh, really? Really? Damn. I graduated high school 2007. Nigger. Oh, my gosh. Well, I feel old. This is a great way to get off the podcast. Anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to bring up? Anything else you want to be like, and another thing. This is on my mind. <laughs> no, that, that's not this type of podcast. 
I mean, it's it, it, it's whatever we want. Like, man, the amount of times we talk about random shit on this podcast is it's like pretty insane. So, like, for people to say, "Oh, it's not that kind," all I know is that I'm black. I talk about black shit, yeah, and occasionally we have non-black people to talk about shit. But it's like that's about it, you know. Until I started having people come on like you, it was just me talking for like thirty minutes by myself, oh. like you know. <laughs> so you talk about therapy. That shit. That shit was very very helpful. But um, okay, so our goals. You're gonna have some type of art show this year. Yes. Yeah. Your website once again is what? Hmichelle.com. Dot com. Michelle with one L. Michelle with one L. Okay. And um, you do commissions and stuff like that. So I somebody. Do. Like, oh, okay. I do commissions. I do murals. I I actually have. Um, that's another goal. I do some more murals. Um, outside of schools, I've done a lot of murals at schools, but I want to do murals for businesses and the city and stuff like that. What's your Instagram um, handle? H Michelle with one L dot um, underscore art. Okay. Well, I guess, yeah, we talked long enough. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> I guess any, any shout outs, anybody you want to shout out or, or say anything to before you get off? Hi, mom. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't, I don't think one. I don't, I don't know. She's I don't like, know. I ain't got no friends. All right. Well, I ain't I get... got no friends. No, nobody cares. Right. <laughs> or maybe that's true. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Negro Elite Podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. You can follow me at Preach Jacobs on all of my handles, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Check me out. Hit me up. Um, we're sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to mobettersoul.bigcartel.com. Enter the code Negro to save 10%. This is it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really mean it sincerely. Um, been a long, crazy couple of weeks, but I appreciate all the love and respect. So if you've ever been to a show, ever bought a piece of music, ever listened to a piece of music, just know that none of that shit goes in vain. Thank you all so much. Rest in peace, Nipsey Hustle. Peace. Fuck it. One, two, one, two, one, two. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Negro League Podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. We are sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to mobettersoul.bitcartel.com to save 10% on your next order by entering the code NEGRO. Speaking of Negroes, we got two Negroes in here right now. Um, I usually, when I joke and tell people on the podcast that I only have two listeners, I have one of them <laughs> with me right here. <laughs> right? I'm doing my hands like his video in here. <laughs> Yo, tell the people who you is. My name is Tyrell James, a.k.a. Big Game James, future world heavyweight champion, Capricorn. Oh, Capricorn. You got to add that at the end. <laughs> so um, uh, last week, let me turn your volume up. Hold on. First thing, thank you for welcoming uh, for bringing me to sixteen hundred, man. This feel real presidential out here, man. The, the Black House, <sighs> the Beige House, the Beige House. <laughs> we getting started early. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you, dog. Like I hadn't watched wrestling or wrestling since I was a kid, and the last two wrestling events you invited me to at the crib, I had the most fucking fun. I've had in years. Well, I appreciate that. Dog. Thank you. Oh my God. So I try to be a good host. <laughs> oh, you was a great host. You was a great host. Like had my man had like chicken, had pizza, had all the alcohol in the world. He wasn't partaking. <laughs> but know, he's right? you know, so so tell the people about your your history with wrestling. Like what, what do you do and, and and what's your involvement in it? Okay, what's crazy is how I got into like combat sports period mm-hmm. is when I was in elementary school, mm-hmm. my dad was like a Golden Gloves boxer in the Army. And he taught me how to box a little bit. But 
he wanted to get exercise too when I was in elementary school. So me, my sister, and my dad enrolled in karate. Really? Yeah, the three of us. So, you know, I took karate from first grade all the way through like high school. Really? Yeah. So uh, I don't tell people that because, you know, <laughs> they already be like, you're kind of big, man. We might have to cap you or something. Man, look, look, I know a little something. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this guy is, how tall are you? 6'5? Six, 6'5. Five? Six, five. Two what? Uh, 270, 275. Look, look, all, right, all right, here's the other trick question. How much body fat? What's the percentage? Uh, <laughs> I want to say probably between 10 and 13. This motherfucker. Man, look. <laughs> <laughs> so so now on top of all that, you're a black belt? Like, what are you? What are you? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So here, what's the misconception about, about the belt? Is it like, is it, is it like, how does it start? Is it like white to yellow or whatever? Or right. is it stripes on the belts? It's different levels? Like, how does that work? Okay. So I did Kempo Karate. And what does is, that mean? Kempo is basically a straight-up self-defense style stand-up, really a lot of striking, mm-hmm. a lot of striking and self-defense. So basically, make sure you don't get your ass whooped, okay. you know? Okay. Um, in all style, we went white, yellow, blue, green, brown, black. But okay. it took a long time to advance from each level. Now, the misconception is, is that just because you a black belt, that means you know how to fight. It's the same thing about, like, having a degree, if you ah, okay. have a degree in something, people assume you know what you're doing in that field, which is not always the case. I've seen green bills whoop a black belt ass, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. that all that says is what you should know, okay. you know? That don't mean that they're going to save you from catching them hands in the street. It just means, like, you should know how to defend yourself on this level. So, like, how long does it take for belt to belt? Oh, uh, let's see. I... I started in first grade, mm-hmm. and I stopped in, like, ninth grade. Mm-hmm. So it took me, like, eight years. But early on, you kind of advance faster. So normally it used to be three st- – so you get your white belt. Mm-hmm. It took about three months to get your first strike, mm-hmm. about three months to get your second strike, about three months to get your third strike, then you advance to the next belt. So okay. you had to go, like, basically nine months before you advance to the next belt if you're doing it correctly. Uh, some people advance a little faster because they learn. They, I mean, it's just like skipping a grade. You learn yeah. the material faster. You show that you're proficient at something, so they just move you up a little quicker. So your black belt test, what did that entail? How intense oh, was it? Hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me see. Let me see if I remember. So you had to do all of your katas. Which right, what's are, a kata? So a kata is basically like... It's almost like like a study. It's almost like a a series of self defense movements mm-hmm. that follow a certain script. So you have to go through these self defense movements um, all one after another, and they are there's different katas for different um, styles of karate. Okay, and you got like the straight up katas. You got bow katas. Uh, you have like your bow staff. There's a a certain number of... So you had to do the Donatello bow staff stuff? Yeah, I didn't. Okay. I didn't do that. Okay. I did a little bit of it, but I didn't have to test out on okay, any of that. Okay. Um, so you, I had to know about eight katas mm. to do that. Had to know 25 rotations, which are just quick, probably like three action self-defense moves. Mm-hmm. Had to know uh, about five soft-style jukendo Self-defense, that's like joint manipulation. Like, I don't need to punch you, but I could just do this little quick joint manipulation yeah, yeah, yeah. and take you down. So I had to know all that stuff back then. 
That's crazy. And then I had to spar, so I had to fight like two dudes at one time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> in the ninth grade? Yeah. <laughs> like in a round, like like a three minute round, you gotta defend yourself against two people coming at you. So how intense was it? Were you like like knocked up beside your head? You wear any pads? Like I was. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we used to have um, the padded gloves and the padded uh, the padded boots, feet protectors, and stuff like that. Okay, and okay. We used to wear. Um, you could wear shin guards or not. Back then, we didn't wear shin guards hardly at all. So it was just like the padded feet and the padded gloves. And we didn't really wear mouthpieces back then either. So wow. if you get tagged, the rule of thumb was always hit as hard as you want to be hit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So so when you watch it like Karate Kid, does it annoy the fuck out of you? Uh, not really, because I, I take it for what it is, a movie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. But I mean... Um, Mr. Miyagi was, if I recall correctly, I think he knew how to do some kung fu or something like okay. that. If I recall correctly, I could be wrong. So one of your one of your call in viewers might be like, he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's only two listeners and one of them is here, so <laughs> I'm gonna call in tomorrow. And be call. Like, that dude ain't know what the hell he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, being a, a, a black guy involved in wrestling, what's your? How did you get involved in that? What's your history in the wrestling field? I got involved in wrestling because. I I loved wrestling since I was a little kid, mm. um, but they were always like superhuman to me. So, mm. it growing up, you're like, man, those guys don't exist. It's mm. like the legend of people, you know. Like yeah. you don't realize those are normal people. Like they those are like regular guys. The yeah. same way with like your your sports heroes and stuff. You don't know that you know they go to the grocery store and stuff <laughs> like that too. Right. So when I got to college. MMA was getting big. So I said, well, look, I already got an extensive martial art background, mm-hmm. so I'm again to a little MMA. And I didn't like it as much because that was the time of affliction and all the mm-hmm. wannabe badasses, and everybody was like, oh, yeah, I can fight, I can fight. Oh, so gosh. they want to go to MMA studios, and they want to, you know, talking about they got trained to fight for three months, and they want to get yeah. in the cage already, yeah. you know? So does that does – that- I guess this, what you were talking about with the style of like martial arts where it was basically like you're taught to defend yourself. Does the idea of fighting for fun go against that idea of the martial arts or the arts involved in martial arts? Well, I mean, the studio, the karate studio that I came up in, it taught me a lot of humility. It taught me a lot of humbleness because we was taught never to use what we learn in aggression or to be an offensive-minded fighter. We were taught that this is all about how to defend yourself from aggressors. I got you. Um, With with mixed martial arts, you know, there's even a different style about how MMA fighters and mixed martial artists do it versus how a defensive-minded fighter like me, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how I was trained. Mm-hmm. You know, like the stance or uh, normally the stances are different because you got to be more aggressive in mixed martial arts and things like that. So um, there's uh, there is a big difference. But if you come from a martial arts background to begin with, transitioning over isn't as hard. OK, so you got I guess what was the black wrestlers growing up? Like, who did you admire that looked like you? When you was a kid, man, you know the funny thing was there weren't there weren't many. That was yeah. the sad thing. I always looked at the people like Ron Simmons. Mm-hmm. Ron Simmons was uh, 
he's a badass who loved Ron Simmons. Booker T and the Harlem Heat. Yeah, yeah. You know, those guys were <laughs> awesome. You know. Hulk Hogan, we're coming for you, nigga. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Man, dude, every time you can, you go back and watch that clip all the time, he automatically know I'm fired. He's like, uh-oh. He put his hand on his face and like, I'm fired. <laughs> Sensational Sherry up there consoling him. Oh, it's my okay. God. <laughs> So but there weren't many of them. There, you know, except for like Ron Simmons and Booker T and those guys, there weren't a whole lot of you know. My favorite wrestler growing up was Bret Hart, a Canadian mm-hmm. white dude. Because yeah, yeah. I, you know, I like what he, you know, I like what he stood for and his technical wrestling ability. Mm-hmm. But as far as like finding role models that looked like me, they were few and far between. So I guess putting that in perspective. You know, we were uh, <laughs> watching, was it WrestleMania? Was that yeah. the last one? We was watching WrestleMania. The fact that, like, Kofi, a black dude, won. How, what's the, what's the significance of that for somebody that's in the wrestling world? Dude, it, it was monumental. Like, I know so many um, independent wrestlers of color, so mm-hmm. many former um, WWE wrestlers, uh, wrestlers that work for other reputable um, wrestling companies that they were all just, it was like a monumental moment for, for black people, for black wrestlers, for black entertainers, because, you know, this has been the argument ever since that happened when you've had a lot of people saying, you know, this is amazing. Kofi is the first black WWE champion. Mm-hmm. And then some people want to argue, well, oh, but what about The Rock and all that type of stuff? And it's like, yeah, but The Rock, the thing with Dwayne Johnson is he always proclaimed his Samoan heritage. Mm-hmm. He has a black daddy. His daddy was a was in the WWE, Rocky Johnson. Okay. And he inducted his dad into the Hall of Fame, but the problem is he never says anything that's that puts his black heritage on front street. So I gotten into this argument already with somebody. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, did that disqualify him from being black? It doesn't disqualify you. But then when it comes to setting a milestone for yeah. the community yeah. and setting a milestone for, for something that the black community can hold on to and can be proud of, don't try to come around then, which he didn't. He didn't try yeah. to do any of that back yeah. when he won the title. He didn't say any of that. He ain't put no dashikis on. Yeah, yeah, like he, <laughs> yeah, he didn't say this one's for the, for the black community. And, you know, Kofi... Kofi was born in Africa, and he's a black man in America. So we all felt a certain bond and a certain kinship to that moment. I mean, dude, you saw me when that happened. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. like, yeah, 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 I had an apartment full of people. I was like, y'all give me a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and, and, and that was the thing is that is that the cool thing about my experiences the past two times going over to watch the wrestling events at your house is that I admittedly, I haven't been involved with anything involving wrestling in years. My sister-in-law loves it. Like, like I texted her and told her I was there. She's like, really? Now we can share everything. But I like the idea that even if I don't know what's going on, I still understood that what I saw was a big deal. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what are some of the, I guess, I don't know, what are some of the misconceptions that people have about, like, what are the, it's sort of like, I guess what you do, you're just like a musician, like a touring artist, where anytime I date a woman and I got a concert, they'd be like, you better not be fucking these bitches after this show. <laughs> you know? And it's like, dog, that is not anything that happens after the show. You know what happens after the show? It's some random white guy talking to me about a snare. He's like, yo, yeah. man, <laughs> yo, Pete Rock has the best snares. I want you to hear this beat, you know? And, 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 and I think a lot of people outside of certain 
uh, professions romanticize it. They think it's sexier than what it is. So, like, what's some of the grinding shit that that I don't know? Does it put a toll on you, or or some of the stuff that like that? I don't think the average person that when they see all the glamour and glitz with it, that they don't understand it. It's 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 a grind. Yeah. Well, the vast majority of the professional wrestlers that you see on TV, mm-hmm. they started the same way I start. Uh, getting trained by a reputable wrestling trainer and then having to drive and work these shows for free mm. just to pay your dues to the business, having to get to, you know, like for me, it used to be driving to places like fall off, getting there like mad early, mm. not even being guaranteed a spot on the show, but you get there early, you help them set up the ring, mm. you help them set up like the high school gymnasium, <laughs> the bingo hall, the VFW post, wow. you help set up like the chairs, the barricade, and then maybe but they might say, okay, we're going to give you a, a five-minute match. But, dude, I didn't win at all, like, my first year of mm. wrestling because mm. it was called, like, paying your dues to the business. I, yeah. I didn't win. So it was just supposed to be an honor that you get to grace a wrestling ring and be able mm. to perform in front of people. So, you know, it, it's always a grind, man. You're, you, don't, you don't really make a lot of money at first. Mm. You know, you... Uh, if you get like ten dollars in a hot dog for driving <laughs> two hundred miles one way, yeah. then you're like, oh yeah, I drew money today. But man, the indie scene is where most of the guys that you see on TV cut their teeth and learn their wow. craft and just paid their dues to the business. The, so, the Universal Champion right now, Seth Rollins, he was a big time indie guy. He's you know living out of a car, and some of these dudes is they, he from here? Is Seth Rollins, no, he is from Iowa. Okay, but okay. he. You know, he told a story about how he bypassed college. He mm. risked he risked everything on this. He didn't know how to do anything else. So if it didn't pan out, he was <laughs> he was up the creek. And there's a lot of guys like that. So it's a grind in that regard, but it's also it, it can be dangerous, it can be risky to your future, mm. but you just gotta be willing to put in the work and, you know, make your break sometimes. Was um any bad injuries? Any any injuries? To me, uh, the worst one that I've gotten was I got a broken jaw Jesus, about man. three years ago. Took a hellacious, like, elbows, forearm smash oh, to no. the jaw. And I was wrestling um, I was wrestling on a mask. Me and I had a tag team partner. We were, like, these big <laughs> demon guys. And the next thing I know in the ring, I take this shot, and I don't get knocked out or anything, but I'm just like... Man, my mouth feel funny. So I got on this mask, and the mask was starting to... I could taste metal in my mouth. I'm like, why why do I taste metal? And then the next thing I know, I'm like, oh, that's blood. I said, okay. So I like kind of dip out of the ring for a second, and now I'm almost suffocating myself because blood's building up over like my nose and mouth hole in my mask. So I'm up there like pulling the mask off my mouth and nose... And I'm just and in the wrestling business, you finish the match at all costs. Oh my like God. people blown out knees, they done damn near broken necks and stuff. You you finish the match and get to one, two, three, unless you absolutely can't. So I finish the match, I go back to the uh, locker room, I take off the mask and I look in the mirror. And I look back, I open my mouth, and I see my back wisdom tooth. They're kind of like sitting up that much oh. higher, probably like a, a half an inch higher than the other teeth. Yo. And it don't hurt that bad. And I'm just thinking, oh, cool, I got a loose tooth, big deal. So I drive Man, home shit. that night. 
<laughs> and I go to sleep. This is a Saturday night. And I wake up the next morning. I call my dentist. I say, hey, um, we might need to open up on a Sunday. I think I got a loose tooth. I need you to, to push back. Oh my and God. my dumb ass the whole time, I'm just sitting there taking my finger, pushing the tooth back oh, down. No, like, I got to make no. sure this tooth don't come out in the oh, middle of the night. No. <laughs> so... I sleep on it, and I go to the dentist the next morning, and he gives me, like, one of the full head x-rays. He's like, dude, you got to go to the hospital. I said, why? He said, your jaw's broken. I said, "Nah, man, don't even hurt. He said, yeah, but there's no oral surgeons available on a Sunday except at the hospital. And I said, well, why can't I wait till tomorrow? He said, because you're young and strong, and I bet you your bone's going to start healing. So if it start healing oh, in no. place over this 24-hour period, then they're going to have to make the surgery more, more extensive. So I go to the hospital. I'm like, man, this is dumb. This is some bullshit. And I'm sitting up there. They had to make a call to the oral surgeon. And this is where healthcare is bullshit, too, because mm-hmm. I, I have insurance. I have state insurance. Mm-hmm. But what they don't tell you is the dude that might be working on you may be out of your network. <laughs> so even though the hospital's in network, Jesus. the people that work in the hospital can send you a separate bill. Are you serious? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I got insurance. So they're like, do you want your jaw wired shut so you can't eat or drink anything really for eight weeks? Or do you want to go through this very minor surgery where basically we'll just you know, open you up with a small incision and then, like, basically plate your jaw back together real easy. And I'm like, man, I've never had a surgery in my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I'm not keen on being cut on because I've yeah. avoided it this far. But the way they made it sound, like, it wasn't going to be no that big, big deal. deal. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I got insurance. Sure, why not? The damn surgery that should have taken an hour and a half wound up taking four hours. Jesus, man. Cause they said in my strong ass jaw, and I don't want to hear no jokes either. They said my jaw kept breaking the plates that they were trying to put in. Get the like fuck my out jaw of muscle, here. like real talk. This motherfucker is Thor over here. <laughs> so they said every time they took the, uh, every time they took the, they try to put the tension on to lock it in place, and they release like my jaw clamp. It just say snap, and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So it turned into a four hour surgery, and. You know, they couldn't discharge me that night because it was too late to be discharged. So I'm over. I'm in the hospital overnight. I get out the next day. I get a bill from the hospital for seventy two thousand dollars. Get the fuck out of here. S- seventy two grand. So, so what happens to stuff like that? Because there's a friend of mine. Shout out to Rachel um, Stewart, who's going to be uh, in the art show for the next law session. We was talking, and and her son was a was a, was a preemie. And said, and she didn't have insurance at the time. And, like, you know, they had to put all that stuff, you know, that you got to do all the stuff for premiums or whatever. And she said she got a hospital bill. The shit was over a million dollars. Dude, it's crazy. It, like, it's crazy what people in America have to go through. And I've only heard about it because, like I said, I've been fortunate enough to be injury-free and to be, you know, relatively healthy for a long time. So you just hear about it until you experience it. You never know. Mm. So I'm just like, how the hell do I have a $72,000 bill for one overnight stay? Like one. And I looked at the itemized breakdown. The biggest part of it came from the usage of the operating room. <laughs> it's like it's, it's like one of those nine hundred like nine hundred uh, oh, phone like, phone yeah. numbers when like you gotta pay five thousand for like the first half hour, Jesus and Christ, then yeah. after that, it's like 
you know, 7200 for the following half hours and stuff just for the rental of the OR. So I was just like, this is crazy. I'd be like, y'all should come to my house. It's cheaper. I know, right? I was like, why y'all ain't tell me this ahead of time? I'll tell you, like, put that bar wire in my mouth and just lock that shit That's up. That's what I'm wondering. Like, how much cheaper would it have been if you just, like, got it? A ton, because it wouldn't have been, like, an OR visit. It would, it would have just been them hooking up the wires to my mouth and locking it shut. But, like, again... Whenever you're in your most vulnerable state, nobody tells you these things. You're just like, yo, I'm at the hospital. Help me. Yeah. And nobody talks to you about the money aspect. And again, and my surgeon, the dude that was on call, he wasn't covered by my insurance because he was out of network. But they don't tell you that. They don't tell you none of this stuff ahead of time. But, you know, we're taking this uh, podcast into, like, that's a different, like, subject (laughs) altogether. You feel me? (laughs) Yo, it's crazy. It's like... It's like when we look at, especially like being a hip hop dude, there's like, you know, when Fife passed away a few years ago, he was in his 40s. And, and there's a lot of these rappers that are passing away, you know, in their 40s, really young. We we don't realize how just getting a fucking checkup is something that we don't do often enough. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times somebody find out they're sick kind of like after the fact. You know yeah. what I mean? So, all right. My question for you, since you seem like, a very healthy guy that wrestles, basically you take your shirt off for a living. What type of dietary things do you do? Like, what do you, do you basically eat what the fuck you want? Yes. And it's a bad habit and I need to do better <laughs> with it because I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate. You met my parents before. Absolutely. Yeah. My parents are both in their seventies and they got fantastic genes. Knock on mm-hmm. wood. They never had no serious injuries or, mm-hmm. or health problems. Both of them in their seventies. And, I lived off the fact that I've had good genes and I could eat a lot of what I wanted to and just work out. And that's and the, just, so that's the just, question I have is the idea is this, you're going to burn the calories off anyway? Yeah, well, I have a naturally high like metabolic rate. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I think the last time I had to check, it was like about 3,000, my basal metabolic rate. And that's what's, what's normal. That's. I think like in the teens, like <laughs> in the in the like the fifteen hundreds or something. That if you don't know, that's when that's how much how many calories you can burn if you sat your ass still for twenty four hours. If you didn't do anything and you just sat in a chair all day or just say, stayed in bed, mm. that's how many calories you will naturally burn. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's kind of why, like, when you get the flu and you don't go nowhere for a few days, it feel like you lost a pound or two. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So what about stuff like I've been doing like intermittent fasting? Like how do you feel about that? What's the I mean, it seems like it works for a number of people. I've had other people talk to me about doing that. Okay. I I just I haven't tried it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't tried it, but the people that said that they've done it, they said that it works well for them and they feel healthier. So I know that that's big in different in foreign cultures like mm-hmm. the Middle East and stuff, you know, they they swear by it. Or okay. Cause I, you know, I've been I've been lazy this past weekend. Cause it's um shout out to Record Store Day, um which is this past weekend. So it's like when you're in a situation where I was working 13 hours at the record store and you're exhausted, you don't really give a fuck about when you get your 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 beverages or when you get your food. You just yeah. like look, just give me something, you know. And and I guess the idea of just not eating before you go to sleep like it doesn't take a lot i guess simple stuff can just change a lot right it's like people eat and they go to sleep right away so the idea is like if you like cut off a certain time like like you have yourself like what's your schedule what's your workout dietary schedule like a regular day 
So if I was trying to bulk back up, because the heaviest I've ever been is 285. Okay. And it was a struggle getting up to that weight. But when I was that weight, I was the strongest I've ever been, the fastest I've ever been, mm-hmm. could jump out of the gym, like stuff like that. And that was all like raw power. Mm-hmm. But right now, being lighter than I am, I don't have quite as much of the same type of power that I had then. Mm. But so if I wanted to get back up to 285, I would go back to eating eight times a day. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's insane. Man. Like a ton of like, you know, brown rice, um, grilled chicken, mm-hmm. uh, peanut butter, wow. you know, a ton of peanut butter, a gallon of water at least a day, that type of stuff. If I really wanted to get back up to that, mm. but right now I was like, man, damn, being that big, if I ain't getting paid to be, <laughs> exactly. yeah, you know, like, <laughs> let me get paid. Let me be an extra on like some TV roles or something. You want me that size? I'm like, deal. <laughs> you ever, ever did some stuff like that? You want to get into acting? Well, like for, the, for the WWE, we used to do commercials for like Sonic whenever we was. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, like those. I think I still got like my my little Sonic commercial someplace. Yo, can I can I find this shit on YouTube? Yeah, I might. It? I'll send it to you. Yo, if I can, uh, if, it, if it hasn't been deleted yet, I'll send it to you. But yo. you know, you got stuff like the Sonic commercial, and then you know, most of the stuff that I've done on TV have been like whenever I got hired by WWE to do like extra roles mm-hmm. or to do stuff like that for them. I done stage one time when um we did Stick Fly here at a workshop theater mm-hmm. back when um. Bakari was yeah. Uh, shout out Bakari. Yeah, when he was directing, he did a great job on it. I appreciate him, you know, coming to me saying you would be perfect for this role, man, because right. you know, someone else added to the resume. So you know, I look to get into more stuff like that. Mm. You know, right now I got a uh, photo shoot tomorrow with uh, Leanne Cornegay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Shout because, out to Leanne. Okay. Yeah, because um, what's, what's the photo shoot for? Um, an agent in Atlanta mm. trying to get my head shots and stuff. And, you know, Atlanta is on, like, Hollywood East now. Pretty much, You yeah. know, they're doing all they filming and stuff in Atlanta. So yeah. if I can get my foot in the door with that, you know, because like I said, damn being this big for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so are you keeping up with, like, I don't know, the Zion shit? Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. So do you do you have a professional team? Like, what's your squads? Like, what's your? I mean, I like I like Duke. Seeing a lot of people be like, man, fuck the people, that yeah. dude, man, yeah, yeah dude, man, UNC for life. But I like Duke because I like I like excellence, man. I like people who do things well over an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. I'm not a. I might you might catch me pulling for the underdog every once in a mm-hmm. while, but for the most part, I like when people were able to be the underdog at one point and you build yourself up to a superpower yeah. and you stay great for a long time. I, I love that. I do respect you, that. Do you see um he's the next LeBron or how do you feel about his talent? I think that he could I think that he could be. It depends on where he lands at. Now LeBron landed in Cleveland and God bless him. He had to learn so much on on his own being in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You know they didn't have the best coaching staff when he got there. They didn't have much of anything. He carried that city. He yeah, carried man. that team to all the playoffs and all that they did. And they got pissed off at him for leaving. And I'm yeah. like, dude, you gave <laughs> this dude like <laughs> Zadrunas L. Gauskas and talking about that was his number Gee. two and stuff. And oh. and Mo Williams and stuff. Mo these, Williams. These, these was the dudes you were putting around him talking about go win us a title. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, if Zion lands in a, in a place that is conducive to, to growth – yeah. And they can, you know, get 
Because right now, he is a specimen, but he's an athletic specimen. Mm. Like, a lot of people in the NBA can jump. Okay. A lot of people in the NBA can do the athletic, the athletic things that he can do. So, you know, he's not a man playing against kids in college right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, So as long as he get in the right place that can, you know, teach him a jump shot, teach him, you know, the, the IQ of the game better, he'll be fine. I think he will be a per- – I don't know about perennial all-star, but he'll be an all-star more times than not if he can get in the right in the right environment. I mean, everybody wants him to go to the Knicks. I mean, I kind of love hate that idea, you know. Like I think in theory that sounds really cool. Here's the thing about New York, and this is all the New York fans, and I joke with my man Dre, who's a who's a, a Knicks and Yankees fan, is that I think New Yorkers over overestimate. Americans love for New York because New Yorkers feel like, oh my gosh, it's New York City. Who wouldn't want to be in New York yep. City? But New York is such a struggle city. It's like it's it's a suffering city where it's like everybody's mad, everybody's angry. Like Boston is like that to me, where it's basically like your camaraderie comes from suffering. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your camaraderie comes from oh, I gotta ride the train. Oh, it's all this traffic. Oh, it's cold. You know, and then, and and some people, you know, and some people just they're just not. Used to that type of shit, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the idea, of like a lot of people that's like raised in the South. When when I have friends in New York, like you should move to New York, and then they spend two thousand dollars to live in a closet. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, you know, why somebody be interested in that. So it's like something about New York sounds kind of cool, but another part of me thinks that he, you know, he might have Southern sensibilities that he that. What if he went to Charlotte or something like that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think, I think he'll thrive anywhere. You know, yeah, I know that for his off the basketball court finances, mm-hmm. being in New York would be like hitting the jackpot just because it's a epicenter of of commerce. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So his sponsorship deals and all that will probably be through the roof if he landed in New York. But they still will be pretty good no matter where he I'm goes. I'm saying like Giannis is in Milwaukee. Yeah. He's like, you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is in Milwaukee? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but he had to earn, he had to earn up being in Milwaukee. Cause I think he was, he wasn't a top five pick. I think he mm-hmm. was like somewhere around eight yeah, or nine. Yeah. Or he, he was further down. Here's the, okay. Here's the thing that I got for you is that I guess within the last season or two, he's gained like 60 pounds of muscle. That dude is a beast, man. So that's ridiculous. So, when we talk about like when we talk about people like Tom Brady and shit like that, where somebody that's going that long, that hard, and he's in his forties, am I cynical to think that it's HGH or or steroids or something assisting? No, that? you're not cynical to think that at all. But sometimes you just have outliers. Mm. I mean, you ever you seen you remember uh, Herschel Walker? Oh you yeah, remember, you remember oh, yeah, he got in like. Boxing ring not too long ago, and he took <laughs> off his shirt, and he's still like completely yeah. ripped and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, but the thing is, he was like that when he played college football. When he played in the NFL, mm. he was always like that. So even if you want to say, well, he doesn't get tested for steroids or anything mm. now, you can look back at track record and like, well, I mean, he could have good genetics now. Yeah. And plus, Tom Brady don't get hit. Well, the rules have changed so much that the idea of somebody playing into their forties. I don't think it's out of the question. No. The only the only thing about Tom that bothered me is when he was on the TB12 shit, and plus I'm an Eagles fan. <laughs> you know, yeah. Listen, he made these statements that really bothered me. Like, here's what bothered me. He was just like, you know, players that get hurt, he's like, 
it's their fault that they get hurt. Like, because it's like, you know, they're not stretching enough. And I'm like, well, Tom, that's kind of harsh to say because you're, when in you're the, the quarterback. Yeah, like, <laughs> when, you, when you paid to have five, minimal five people always protect you. Absolutely. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and not only that, the rules are designed for you to get touched even less. You know what I mean? I thought that was kind of like, I thought that was kind of rude for a sport that basically is legal assault. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I don't know. Like, I, a part of me just kind of feel like it, 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 it might turn into some Lance Armstrong shit. Like, like after his career, people are going to say that, oh, there's oh, some stuff that he did. I don't think – I think that with him, and it's going to be that way with more quarterbacks unless they – well, you got to think about – look at LeBron. LeBron – you people don't think of basketball as a contact sport as mm-hmm. much, but it is, man. Like, it's not what it used to be back in the 90s yeah, where yeah, you yeah. could clothesline somebody and just fight afterwards. Yeah. But <laughs> – the fact that LeBron has gone as long as he's gone without a twisted ankle, yeah. a, a severe sprain or something, he finally, yeah, this finally, finally sprained, had, yeah. his, sprained his growing, yeah. finally on some freak stuff. After yeah. being in the league for, what, 15 years? Yeah. And he spends, if I had that type of money, dude, I'll be spending $3 million on preventative care too yeah. a year. Because yeah. he spends like 2 or $3 million on hyperbaric chambers, on yeah. cryotherapy, on just taking care of his body. And I don't even know what that means, but it sounds expensive. <laughs> that's just, that just sound like it costs $3 million. Dude, <laughs> he spends so much money to just take care of his body, and Tom Brady has the same type of money just well, you know what? to be able to play till I, he's 50. I agree. I agree to that because, like, from everybody that talked to Tom, he's just obsessed with just football. It's, like, to the point where – his like he don't want to go home. Yeah, it's like his dessert is like avocado ice cream. He yeah. talks about that shit like it's crack, and it's just like all he cares about is football. So it's like when I look at you know the LeBron versus the Jordan thing, there's certain aspects about Jordan. If I'm honest, I felt like Jordan, you know, smoked the cigars. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That that he would be out gambling a lot of times. That and, and then let's not forget he stayed out of the league for two years. I think he cheated himself. Where he could have had a longer career too. Yeah, he. You know could. what I'm saying? If if and I think LeBron. Here's what I think LeBron decided to do. I think LeBron knows that public, the public doesn't believe that he can ever surpass Jordan because of the rings. He'll never get the six rings. Yeah. So here's here's the the second prize is I think LeBron wants to just play long enough to just bypass all the records. Well, he already said he want to play against his son too. That'd be crazy. Yeah. yeah. So he said he want to play against his son, and that's cool. But I, I think LeBron's at peace with his career. He yeah. still want to be the best. He still, and that's why I don't like people giving LeBron such hell about moving to Hollywood and mm-hmm. doing like TV shows and stuff. Because they love comparing like his career track to Kobe's. Because they love saying, "Well, you know, Kobe was just a killer. He he didn't have any <laughs> side interests. He did. He was in Hollywood his entire career, and he wouldn't do none of these little BS <laughs> yeah, projects yeah, yeah. here. And he said when he was on basketball, he was on basketball. He said, right now, LeBron just moved to Hollywood so he can open his own um, oh, studios and stuff and like listen, that. Cowherd, I, I used to joke, I made this joke, I was like, I want to find a woman that loves me as much as Colin Cowherd hates Russell Westbrook. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, dude. And it's like people people find the narratives they want to have. It's kind of like, you know, whatever day of the week it is, he, he'll, he'll bury Kobe. But like a, a few days ago, he'll say all this glowing stuff. The thing, here's the one thing that drives me dude crazy. Dude gets a triple-double for the whole season. He's, he's, not, he's okay. He's marginal. You know, <laughs> Cowherd drives me absolutely crazy. But here's what I don't want to do, right? Here's what I don't want to do, and, and, and this is what bothers me the most, is that I don't. I bet you 
sports writers and shit have the luxury of there not being the internet and the whole ESPN and talk radio shit. Yeah. But I bet you if you go back to when Jordan was playing, there were probably people that just dogged him. Oh, of course. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, he doesn't play like Dr. J. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I and I don't want to be one of those people that um you look back and I'm wrong with history. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because, so it's like I mean, that's the business. So you gotta find you gotta make conflict. I mean, that's where money comes from. Money comes from good versus bad, this opinion versus this opinion. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of it sounds outlandish and outrageous, but how are you going to generate listeners if you don't say some crazy shit every once in a while, you I know? Mean, the, the, the thing about it, too, is that, you know, I, I just feel like stuff like first take and shit like that, I think it's hilarious because it's just like, damn, I can't find two hours of shit to argue about every <laughs> yeah. day. Like, you got to find two hours of shit to argue about. Like, some shit I just don't care. They'll but, be don't, like, <laughs> but don't you love how Steve, how people... How Stephen A. Smith get under some people's skin. Oh Don't gosh. you just love it? I love it, dude. You know why? Now I'm not even talking about the people you argue against. I'm talking about listeners that be like, oh, yeah. man, ESPN would be a lot better if they just got rid of him. <laughs> that dude is one of the highest paid talents on ESPN oh, he, because he is an entertainer. He's about to be the highest. He's about yes. to get like 10 million a year. Dude, he is an entertainer yeah. and people tune in to listen to hate him. Oh my God. Oh, dude, you know how big of a skill that is that you can get people. <laughs> To pay. I'm gonna pay a ten dollar cover to come in and boo this man. <laughs> is, is, is that the advantage of somebody like Floyd Mayweather? Is that like he doesn't mind people not giving a shit about him? Like that, that the half of people that, or probably a large percentage of people that pay to see him fight, they just want to see him lose. Yeah, well, dude, it's the same thing that we're taught in wrestling. Mm-hmm. You make money being loved. You make money being hated. You will not make money with people lukewarm to you. Mm-hmm. So. Pick a side, be great at it. When that side starts to go down, flip to the other side, be great <laughs> at that. But, dude, nobody nobody pays attention to the middle. Nobody mm-hmm. pay. If somebody just like you or think, they, oh, he's okay, mm-hmm. that's not going to generate a visceral reaction. That's not going to oh. generate people going to links in and saying, I'm going to pay $100 again to this wrestling event to make this sign just to boo you because I want you to know how much I think you suck. Yes, you're right. I do suck. Buy some merch at the table that says I suck more. You know, so the same thing with um with Mayweather, the same thing with uh Stephen A. All those people that be like, they hate him so much, mm-hmm. they're lining his pockets. Yep. The same people that say they hate um Floyd. Any in anybody's right mind, did they really think Conor McGregor could Gosh. actually beat uh, a world class boxer? This ain't the MMA. This they're not getting in the no. octagon, but they did that to perfection. They they created a good guy versus a bad guy, and those five promos that they did leading up to it got Conor McGregor the highest payday that he will ever see. Absolutely, and and it all came off of the promos. That what they teach uh. us in wrestling, the talk game. Is more important than the actual event. Do you have a um, a wrestling name? Yeah, Big Game James. (laughs) 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 It all makes sense now, sir. Yeah, because your your Cash App name was. (laughs) That's right. Y'all want to support Cash App me a Big Game James? Oh, (laughs) that's brilliant, man. (laughs) Well, shit, man. Um, so this is Sunday night. 
Game of Thrones is on tonight. Uh, I literally deleted my uh, my my Instagram and my Facebook off my phone because I didn't want people spoiling it before I saw it. So yeah. so yeah, this is Sunday. I think I'm probably going to try to catch that shit a little bit later. Hopefully, the weather's going to be too bad. Is there anything else that we, we need to cover? Well, y'all going to hate me, but I'm one of those guys that you never, never watched Game of Thrones. Never, never watched. You well, know why? I try not to get into addictive TV because well, fair enough. the last the last. Addictive series that I watched this was years ago with Dexter on um on Showtime Network and I I remember I went to this girl's house and she was like oh come on in I'm like what you doing she's like oh, I'm just watching this show Dexter what's that about it's about a serial killer that kills other serial killers huh <laughs> <laughs> like, like okay cool so I got deep into that I'm like oh man I got to keep watching this and I said to myself for now on the only TV I'm watching is stuff that I don't feel as bad if I miss an episode. I'm like, I'm not. So I've never seen Game of Thrones, never seen Walking Dead, never seen, uh, what are those people really get? Breaking Bad. <laughs> I, I avoid it. I avoid it like the plague. I watch I watch wrestling. I watch the news. I watch like <laughs> CNBC. I watch yeah. game shows. Dude. I, I will watch Jeopardy re- religiously. Yeah. I'm like, I want to be on Jeopardy. Well, all right, here's what we got to do, man. We got to figure out a way, you know, I tell you, this 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 would be kind of a, a cool equivalency, right? Is that the same way that I can go to WrestleMania and not really know what's going on, but can still enjoy enjoy everything? Yeah. I would say, because this is the last season of Game of Thrones, three months from now, when the when the series finale yeah. comes on, somebody's going to be having a watch party. You just need to come, okay. Even if you don't know what the fuck is going on, I still think you'll appreciate and enjoy that shit because it's going to be people dying, it's going to be explosions, it's going to be fucking dragons and shit. I, I let's do that. So here's a so here's another ironic thing. My so I was, my ex girlfriend mm-hmm. one time. I normally do Halloween big, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm just like you know we gotta go out. It's only one night a year. Gotta have fun mm-hmm. with it. She wanted to be the what, who's the princess on Game of Thrones? Uh, Khaleesi, uh, Khaleesi or something. Yeah. So she wanted to be Khaleesi. She wanted me to be. That big diesel dude that had like blue, like claw looking marks coming off his shoulders and stuff. Uh, who was Drago? Yeah. Yeah. So we dressed up at them and I felt like such a poser. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even watch the show. I'm this dude. I don't even know who this is. I'm this dude. But oh, dude, people gave me so much like props. Like, oh, awesome. I'm like, thank you. I don't know what the hell this is, but thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I did feel like a poser that night, but it's all good. It was a good costume. Well, you know, it's <laughs> it, it'd be cool to, to catch up back on it. Like it's like if I didn't watch Game of Thrones, I wouldn't try to catch up on it now because I feel like it's just too too many episodes. Like like I was I was joking with my homegirl. She was talking about she still watches Grey's Anatomy, and Grey's Anatomy has been on the air fifteen years. It's three hundred and forty three episodes. Yeah. So if somebody's like, "Oh, you should watch Grey's Anatomy," I'm like, "There's no fucking way I'm catching up." So I'm good. You know what? I want to find. I want to find like. I want to sell some bootleg copies of the Dukes of Hazard for all those uh for all those good old boys that that can't <laughs> they missed their fix since they took it oh off the air God. because of the Confederate flag. I want to be like, hey y'all, I got I got your Dukes of Hazard <laughs> right here. I was my dumb ass when fifty dollars. We didn't know anything. <laughs> Me and my brother, we grew up watching Dukes of Hazard and shit like that. Like we didn't think twice about the Confederate flag. I mean, we knew it was racist as fuck, but we still kind of was just like, well, you know, I guess they're not yeah. that bad. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh yeah, like, us too. That shit was all in our faces. I mean, you know. And then when you get older, you just look back and you're like, damn, I'm yeah. sitting there like rocking out. Just like hollering when they jumped over rivers and shit. This shit was called the General Skin- Lee. Skinning up my knee trying to jump over little creeks and stuff on my bicep. Yo. Yo. 
I swear. Yeah, fucking Daisy. Oh my god! I bet you if we look back at a lot of the, the crazy racist shit that we dealt with, like that was just in plain vision and we didn't pay attention to it. The damn cartoon. Yeah, right man. There. Come on, man. It's, Betty Boop and Bosco and man. <laughs> Dude, oh my gosh, you're gonna have me investigating. But um, oh, side note, J- check this out. This is a book that uh, you should read. I just got it. I'm gonna start it. Hopefully tomorrow. It's called "What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Blacker." Shout out to Damon Young. I want to try to bring him out here. So there's a, a a site called Very Smart Brothers. He's the head of that, and he's like a you know columnist for like GQ and stuff like that. So yeah. like he's really fucking dope. So I can't wait to start that. But um, shit, I think we covered everything. Anything else we didn't cover? Man, it's on you, brother. I mean, I'm just happy to be here at 1600, the beige house. <laughs> the beige house. <laughs> the beige place. Man, I, I am honored to be here, man. <sighs> well, thank, thank you. you. I'm telling you, yeah, I'm telling you, Eric, was, Eric is going to be so mad that you that you are here. He's like, oh, really, motherfucker? That's what Eric was going to say. Really? You're going to get him on there? I'm like, Eric, I tried to get you on the podcast, but you had to leave. So shout out to <laughs> E-Money um, listening to the podcast, which I guess he's the second person. It's you and him. Y'all are the only <laughs> listeners. And there ain't no black people where he live at. You know that, right? Yep. Shout out to uh, him being get outed over there. Hey, <laughs> 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 flipping us off right now. Absolutely. From just, three hours behind. You just feeling the spirit <laughs> somehow. Well, fuck it. Um, tell the people if they want to check out some of your stuff or follow you on Instagram or Facebook, what is your uh, handles again? Well, on Instagram, I'm Mr. Big Game James. <laughs> <laughs> and on Facebook, you know, it's uh, Tyrell A. James. Hit me up. Um, I put a lot of my wrestling videos and stuff on Instagram and Facebook. So, and once again, man, I appreciate you having me up in oh, here. This is nothing. Side note, okay, so here's a question, and maybe something that, that we can figure out. Is there like a, a Facebook group or a coalition that's dedicated to black wrestlers that you're a part of? Or something um, We. <laughs> we are friends and yeah. we support each other, but it's Fair not enough. like a it's not like a a particular group. Because here's the thing: if you're not signed to like a a company like TNA, WWE, or Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. you're an independent wrestler. So that means that you go wherever they will pay you to go wrestle. Okay, and a lot of times some of these independent wrestling promoters or um what's the easy way to say like of the good old boy variety and sometimes you know yeah. you know how sometimes it makes people a little uncomfortable when you start banding together too much <laughs> and it's like wait a minute there's now. a whole page of a bunch of them uh-oh yeah. <laughs> they're gonna take Kofi belt so soon if they see that shit well that, well that was the thing like when Kofi won and so many of us black wrestlers were like yo that's a milestone for black people the only people that were arguing Against the fact, mm-hmm. like lobbying for The Rock and for other, there was other black champions before COVID, yeah. were white people. Yeah. And I'm like, why but, does it matter to you so no. much to denounce this? Yeah, because it makes them because it makes them feel bad. Um, because it's something about Kofi where he's unmistakably black. Like The, the Rock is black, but he's kind of like Vin Diesel black. Yeah. It's like he can he can say he's something else, and someone be like, oh okay. Like Vin Diesel don't let his hair grow out, so you can think he's Italian. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, but Kofi. The nigga's African. There ain't no way you can deny that shit. It's like if you're a white person and black people make you uncomfortable, mm-hmm. like the rocks like black light. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah. like, like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't say anything that's controversial. He mm-hmm. doesn't say anything that's that's pro-black or yeah. anything like that. So you can always say, hey man, 
Get that guy. Mm-hmm. He he can. Th- he's safe. He he does like damn twenty movies a year. Absolutely. Yeah. They call him first for everything. That and, much, yeah. And I won't say. And I'm with him on getting his money and mm-hmm. and doing his Hollywood thing. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But he he never. That, like I said, I understand why white people want to argue that point so much. He don't argue it. It's yeah. like, he's okay with <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's their motivations are different. It's sort of it's funny because like bringing up the rock. It makes me think about like I was listening to people talking about the Kevin Hart special that came out, and and the Kevin Hart's latest uh, uh, Netflix joint is not very good, but I really enjoy Kevin Hart's interviews, and and he says something that he'll just spot on. He's basically like, look, he's like, I don't do political humor, I don't do any humor that's gonna, you know, rock the boat or blah 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 blah. So he's basically turned his branding. As the guy that's not going to rock the boat or yeah. insult anybody, you know what I'm saying? So he's the bag first. So he ain't going to be this nigga that's going to be like black power this, black power yeah. that. Like he's not going to do what the Chappelle shit is doing because the Chappelle can say some shit and do what he want because Chappelle ain't trying to be in movies. Chappelle yeah. ain't trying to be in white people's homes. Like white people will probably watch it, but he's like, "Fuck it, I'll say what I want," you know. So the Rock is exactly that guy, which is kind of funny because and I'm not mad at him. For I ain't him. mad at him either. It's like it's like I don't. Th- my thing is. There's plenty of black folks that are willing to be that person. Let, yeah. them, let them do that. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Let, let them do that. Like, I'm not going to get mad at, at rappers that don't speak up like Killer Mike because we got Killer Mike. Let Killer Mike do his job. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So same thing with, like, you know, Tiger Woods. Like, and Tiger won the Masters today. And I'm excited, like, good, for, happy for him. But then you got people like, well, this nigga never said anything <laughs> about, yeah. about black people or black causes. I'm like, well, there's a lot of athletes that don't say shit about black yeah. causes. You Jordan, know? Jordan, yeah. never, Jordan never <laughs> rocked the boat. You know, Jordan said, well, Republicans buy shoes too. Yeah. He, you know, in recent, in recent years, he might speak a little bit more. But even then, he kind of talks. Like, Jordan is the safest athlete out there. He can say whatever the fuck he wants. And who's going to say something to him? Exactly. You know what I mean? But he still doesn't do it. So... You know, like I say, I'm not mad when it comes to a man's money. I'm not mad yeah. at how much or how little he says that can affect his bottom line. So, yeah, and if you are moved to do it, great. If not, that's okay too. Yeah, absolutely. And and you shouldn't force activism on anybody. And that's and that's the thing. It's like uh, you know, unless somebody is saying something that they're that guy and they don't show it, I don't really care because like. I, I can't accuse somebody of not being something that they never said they were in the first exactly. place, you know? So, so yeah. The Rock's TV show is hot, though. The one, like, the new... Um, the, what, oh, no, the American Gladiator style yeah. one, the Titan game, that's cool. But I like LeBron's better. Which LeBron, one? He got one, too? Yeah, LeBron got a million-dollar mile. Okay, has, the only show I know is uh, the, the... The Titan games? No, no, no. Um, the LeBron show is oh, the shot. The, the, the shot? Yeah. So he got a... Like an American Gladiator style game when basically you got to run a mile through the streets of LA for a million dollars. Tim Tebow's hosting it. Get the fuck out of here. No, I'm serious. <laughs> so basically, they got like six obstacles in mm. downtown LA, but they have a person that they got to run this mile and they got to they gotta pass all six obstacles. Every obstacle they pass successfully, um, they get them like 10,000 and like 25,000. But the catch is you got like a world-class athlete that you get a two-minute head start on. Mm. When that two minutes is over, you got like this. Um, some of these athletes or those people are like professional uh, Spartan racers. Mm. Like they go and they do like the Spartan race obstacle course professionally mm. and stuff. And they have to catch you. If they catch you with that two-minute head start before you can like bank the money that you got, you lose everything. Um, 
LeBron, dude, you gotta watch it, man. It's called Million Dollar what? Mile. It's uh, you, tight. You gonna you gonna audition for this shit, man? No, oh, man, I ain't in my prime no more, man. I, <laughs> I mean, who the fuck they got on this show? Like, they got, I would do better. I would do better at the Rocks one than this one because this one is just straight up. You run, you haul ass for a mile, and uh, try to do all these obstacles and stuff. Like the Rocks, you know, you got strength, you got endurance, agility. I would do better at that. I mean, shit, you getting these headshots? You better send that shit to Dwayne. I'm gonna send it, man. Watch it. He gonna listen to this podcast. Right? He said something about us on this podcast. Like, no, we didn't. He's bigger than me. Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> how, how big is the Rock? How, how tall? How About six three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because there's a picture of him. Standing beside Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley. Yeah, he's about 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, okay. And Barkley like 6'5", or 6'6". Six, six, yeah. And Shaq's, you know, 7 <laughs> feet. It made him look so little. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's when you know not to fuck with somebody. If, it, if somebody make The Rock look small, I am not fucking with... Man, no. No. I'm shooting somebody's kneecap. But anyway, um, shit, fuck it. I guess that's it. Um... Before it starts raining out here. This is an Eagle League podcast. Go by the name of Priest Jacobs. We are sponsored by Mo Better Soul. Go to MoBetterSoul.BigCartel.com. Enter the code Negro. Negro. Say 10%. Negro. On your mm. next order. Yeah, you got to have, mm. you gotta have the, <laughs> the church, the, 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 the cotton picking songs. <laughs> All the black movies, anytime somebody black about to get killed or lynched, they always got the... <laughs> like, if you ever watch like Rosewood and you got like uh, uh, Esther Rowe when she's like, All of y'all people know that that white man was the one that did, you know, that beat that woman up. And as soon as you hear a gunshot, the asteroid fall on the ground. You hear, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, you should laugh at this shit, but it's too funny. That shit is funny. Yeah, more about the song, Nick Cartel, Cold Negro. I get look what I be telling. I be telling my white friends that if they need a discount code to buy clothes from the from the from the, from the site, I tell them enter code Negro. They get weird, like Negro. Get a yeah. Tell them tell them enter satchel page of, exactly uh, as a promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make them feel comfortable. I just want to keep Negro to make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? It's like oh. Should you I can see them at their computer now, like, man, oh, I, I do. I really I? can. I, can I type colored and get the same discount? Well, <laughs> 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 color work instead of Negro. <laughs> oh my gosh! But uh, yeah, I'm Priest Jacobs and all my shit. Thank y'all for listening, all both of you, all one of you, because this guy's here. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, we'll figure out something. But yeah, thank y'all for listening. It's Negro League Podcast. Peace. See ya. I need to